Johnny, do you want to go to an ice cream social? Case, uh, yeah, I'd love to. Great, let's go. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Ice Cream Social. <laughs> Sitting across from me, Paul Mattingly. Across from me, it's Mr. Matt Donnelly. On the knobs and dials, tick up the audio guy. Clap, 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 bitches. We're preaching fun, bitches. Um, with us in the studio, we have uh, Kevin Breen from Sunday Assembly is here. Yes. Hello. And of course, we have a engineer and futurist. Is that the yep. way to say it? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Ulysses Owen is in the studio with us. Yep, thanks. Hooray! Now, before we get to our guests, I want to say that I got some ball shaving advice at work the other day. <laughs> this really happened. This really happened, and it was a From game. From whom? Well, this is it, right? So this is. It was like a game of random security guard. No, it was a game of like almost like a like um like be cool with it chicken. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I love that game. Do you know what I mean? Like it was yes, just, he just. Uh, one of the guys in the cast so like I was laughing because I was on for Paul last week which means I was, we basically are, there's three gorgeous guys and then Us. we get ready mm-hmm. and then they do things like you know put makeup on their abs and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know and they discuss bronzer and tanner and, and, and other weird things that Paul and I will never have to discuss no we'll never it's not even worth taking note of we'll never have to do that I'll never put makeup on my stomach to make my abs look better no matter I've lost 100 pounds this is the stomach I have. It's just never going to happen. No. So, uh, you're saving uh, a lot on makeup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to take. Think of the savings. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so one of the guys was just like, you know, like, oh, it turns out instead of you know, um, like a cold shower. I don't, I don't even know how it came up. It's like a cold shower helps uh, ball shaving. And because we discussed this on a on a, a podcast previously, I was like, oh my gosh, that I, I was like, oh, I've been so afraid. To do that, I was because I, I and he goes because because what do you use a shaver? I was like, yeah, I use a shaver, and he's like, oh right, but then sometimes you'll 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 like nip something. I was like, yeah. exactly, and I was like, I don't want if I'm nipping of that, I don't want to take a razor to it. He's like, no, 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 the key is cold shower, and we had this conversation about taking a cold shower and then how you can move your parts around. He was even illustrating around his crotch area, and I decided I would take it. I would not blink. I was not going to blink in this conversation. I was going to stare back and just take... So you just pulled the sack out. As if he was telling me how to bake cookies. I was just going right. to be like, mm-hmm, that sounds like a good idea. I'll have to try that. You know, like I was Noted. like, not winking, not even a smirk on my face, yep. not even a hint of this is awkward. I was like, let's just take straight up man-to-man ball-shaving advice from you right now. And he did not blink either. And I walked away being like, wow, how did that happen? I just couldn't believe it. I thought it was like a feat. Welcome just, to the dressing room. <laughs> I've been in the dressing room before. You know. It's, it's actually gotten... Uh, a lot tamer? Yes. Yeah, you're right. It's gotten straighter with by adding more gay guys to the cast. It's gotten straighter in it the has. dressing room. It has. Which is, which is, which is funny. But um, so uh, I just want our, our engineer friend who's here today to know that I have some knowledge as well. Okay. That I'm, bringing, I'm, <laughs> sure. I'm packing some heat. Right. You're, you're bringing something to the table. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm not coming here completely unqualified. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, so uh, Ulysses Owen he's a futurist and in the future Matt yeah. will be shaving his balls that's right yeah, yeah we're looking forward to that at least, at, least, at least a shot so like at least one side you know this, that, that's a that's a perfect thing for radio I just want to say that yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah video I don't think I think you'd have to hire a model or something well we talked about this on the last episode because we were excited to have you on and I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there go ahead because we're already talking about balls but the future it's about two minutes later as, that came, it came up about two minutes later than I as thought as far it was. as technology goes the future is closely connected with all this VR and all this incredible interactive interfacing type of stuff that's coming. It is closely related to human sexuality. 
Like, I mean, that's what's yeah. going to drive us, right? Through the years, technology has always been driven by pornography. Is there a question in here, Paul? I'm just, I'm asking <laughs> how long till my robo lady is affordable and in my home 24 well, We're going to lead with the robo lady? All right. Let's lead with, with the robo lady. The robo lady. Mm-hmm. So right. interesting, right? Have you guys seen the video from uh, China over the last week? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It blew my mind. Yeah. Have you seen this, it blew Jacob? your what? <laughs> <laughs> it did. Thank you. Jacob, look up Lemon Party. No, he's good. <laughs> so, uh, before we answer sexually Did you see that it's a full suit? Have you seen this thing, Matt? I don't know if you've seen this one. I don't know if I've seen it. Oh, I think I read week. something about this. He's in this gray, this gray unitard. Oh, this is, is this something. T- no, this is something else. I, oh, they're, shit. They're, You're talking about the puppet thing, right? No, there's a, there's a video out of China where this uh, company's produced this uh, full-scale female android. Oh, okay. Who speaks and can answer your questions. She's got a little bit of AI behind her so she can recognize language and things like that. Oh, wow. And the interesting thing is they spend a lot of time and energy on her face. Mm-hmm. So she's actually gorgeous. And in robotics, there's this interesting thing between uh, uh, between something that's very lifelike and something that's not lifelike. It's called the Uncanny Valley. The uncanny mm-hmm. Valley, which video games have been suffering through for many years. Right, mm-hmm. right. So the whole premise of that is, for the listeners, is that if it looks almost human, it's kind of creepy. But once you pass through that valley and it looks human enough, then it's very accepting to the kind of the human mind. Mm-hmm. So this one, this lady it was... passes uh, that test it now? passes the test. Wow. We yeah. are, that's a whole new level. That is a whole new level. Yep, yep. I want to get back to this female sex bot <laughs> that uh, you haven't gone away from it. That speaks. <laughs> it's it speaks and thinks. Which I mean, isn't that what we're trying to get away from with the sex bot? <laughs> oh, isn't that what we I don't want? You, I tell you, I got no respect. I got no respect. <laughs> Well, just think if you could order it and order it with a particular personality, right? So, and not to delve too deeply here, right. but if you had a particular sexual fetish, mm-hmm. you could order the, you know, the dominatrix fembot or the demure fembot. That's really, I think, all we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I, in terms of like the market, I don't oh, think yeah. it's about like a lack of personality, right? It's it's selecting the personality, correct? Yeah. But then, really, the the freedom that you really want, because like if if this person does things that your wife won't right now, right, you don't care, or that you're too embarrassed is. to ask for, exactly. Well, just a word of warning, you know, your wife could order the male version too. So whatever, you guys should maybe step up a little. Fair is fair. fair. Then we are fair is fair, and then we are absolutely obsolete. <laughs> we are right. done. That's true. Once that thing can open a jar, we're fucked. <laughs> Once it can get something off the top shelf and open a jar, yeah. Right. Because right. take the trash out. You want to talk about tolerance? I think we all agree that the ladies tolerate us more than we tolerate them. So, so we got that going for us. Well, so, the one I saw out of China, the one I saw was this guy in this full gray unitard. <laughs> we can't get We're stuck. He's in this full gray unitard. He's got a VR helmet like, on. He, let's just actually pull up notes in case we ask them a hard question. <laughs> he has notes sitting on his lap right now. And I'm not surprised I haven't just heard him just turn off his phone and put it in his pocket. He's got, this is awesome. He's got this. He's got the full on VR helmet on. Yeah. He's got an apparatus on his junk that's giving him the business sure and then he's also got the this business. other apparatus that is that is like boobs on a stick sure i'm not kidding that he's feeling the boobs and he looks crazy can you, can you, can you buy the parts individually or you have to buy the complete I, I, model I, I guess you could just buy a boob so i imagine like I, like I started with boobs on a stick and we all like oh yeah we all started with boobs on a stick <laughs> sure we all bought that part because yeah. then you'd have a full torso that hovers over you sure yeah, I don't know, but anyway. I bought the shoulders first. It's pretty, pretty fascinating. <laughs> Your shoulder rest. <laughs> but see, this one I don't think has to deal with the uncanny valley problem because you're looking no, at I video. I don't think it has to do with anything that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. It 
It sort of does. It has to do with what Paul's talking about. You sound like you're talking about a puppet and not a robot. It's not a robot. Correct. It's a suit. It's a robotic suit. Are we agreed then that we're off topic? Oh, I suppose. <laughs> if, if we're going away from robots, yes. Okay, I'll come back to robots. Well, it doesn't take me long to get back to robots. Well, but your, your point actually is really interesting about the VR, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things that as males in society, we get, you know, you can, you can look at the most beautiful woman in the world and, and the old joke is, well, point her out and I'll show you the, show you the guy who's tired of having sex with her. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's all about change and, you know... Uh, different kind of looks and variety things like that. Variety is the spice variety, of Variety, thank you, yeah. Um, so if you're looking at through VR, you can have a lot of variety there, right? I mean, you can change from minute to minute what she looks like. Right. Um, or he looks like, whatever your bent is. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so that's a fascinating thing. And, that, and, that, and it triggers this dopamine stuff in your head, right? So the more variety you get, the more changes there are, the more dopamine gets uh, triggered, and the more you're kind of involved and a little bit addicted to it. That's the whole pornography thing and why people get addicted to pornography. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I, could go between, go. I could go from mallards to geese to swans. I can whatever your fuck, bird, all, fuck whatever, all the birds. Whatever your bird fetish <laughs> is. But like, and those are all tiny robots, so the shipping cost is like dramatically <laughs> yeah. very, crazy. Very low. Go for your, your fetish is like really affordable. Absolutely. For me, I just have to either convince myself to get a haircut or try a blackface. So I got to figure out which way. Can I got to figure. Can we vote? Should be more comfortable with one than the other for sure. Well, I mean, she already does the blackface so often. <laughs> she is. She's closely related to Al Jolson's lineage. Yeah, this is so. a lot of minstrel shows. We say we, <laughs> Matt can't get off without a minstrel show. This is something <laughs> we haven't talked about a lot on the show. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pull off on this one too. So uh, good luck. <laughs> pull, up, pull, yeah. up. pull up, pull up, pull up. We've tried to launch an airplane out of the bottom of the ocean. Jacob's gonna get his uh, hummingbird delivered really soon. Okay, it's a very special model. So, uh, <laughs> so what is it that you do? Well, it's actually interesting. So, uh, <laughs> why is that funny? But um, this is the first real question we've asked you in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I used to work at uh, technology startup companies, you know, classic Silicon Valley things, but not particularly in Silicon Valley. So I usually join a company when there's about eight people and I help them grow that company to like 300 or 400. And then we have an exit event, which is usually like a sale or another company acquires us. Okay. Um, but very heavy in the technology field. And I just finished up one of those and now I'm moved to Vegas and experiencing all the new things in Vegas, which includes you guys. Cool. Wait a minute. So oh, you're welcome. And so, uh, uh, welcome. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is kind of like a, a career move for you, or are you just going to do the same thing here? You're looking for companies to do the same thing here? Uh, you know, I'm taking a little bit of a break. Startup companies actually take a lot of mental and emotional energy, especially when you're at the management level and you're starting out with eight people. And when you're growing the company to like 300 or 400, there's a lot of significant changes that transpire through that uh, yes. evolution. Um, so it really tires you out. You got to take a break. Otherwise, a lot of people suffer from burnout. So mm-hmm. I like to take breaks before I get to that level. There's even articles like uh, even there's not uh, not Zuckerberg, one of the other original Facebook guys, basically talking about how startup culture really favors young and single people. Yeah, and that like basically like it's almost like prejudice. Oh, yeah. Like the like companies don't have to work that way, but we, right. we just kind of set this benchmark and insist that people yeah kind of go for it. I was actually brought yeah. as a consultant one time for a company that was a startup. Okay, and it was almost kind of going to fall apart. And uh, one of the big things is he's making everybody work uh, uh, six days a week at the office. Yeah. And one of the big things I accomplished was allowing work from home privileges. Right, right, right. As long as, as long as we kept track of everything yeah. that was being done. Because the majority of people's work 
is actually being could be done at home. Yeah. Uh, but just that that whole like everyone on board kind of fire up the deck like multiple meetings a day just to keep rattling chains kind of mentality yeah. was permeating through the uh, yeah the, the you know that's a that's a that's a great uh, that's a great point actually. So a lot of larger companies like HP they have this interesting thing where they kind of encourage people to work from home. Right. Be- and it's not because they like you, it's because it actually reduces the costs for them because they don't have to maintain so many facilities. Right. So they have more people working than they have office space for. So right. if everybody showed up to work one day, they wouldn't have any place to sit. Mm. But startup, <laughs> startup company is really interesting because the more people in the office, especially in the beginning when you have a small group of people, yeah. it is all about keeping that energy level high. And I can tell you as a hiring manager, yeah, it's, you know, we try to hire guys with experience and they might have a family or a house and kids and, and all that kind of stuff. But also we, we do like guys fresh out of college who are all full of energy and willing to work, you know, 80 hour weeks and hang out at the office and we bring them in pizza, you know, the classic stuff you always hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try to, we and myself, we always try to get a balance there because it's really interesting for the, for the older guys with experience, they have a lot of stories to tell and a lot of lessons learned, right? Right. So now the young guys will say, hey, let's try it this way. And one of the old guys will say, you know what? I tried that three years ago and this is what happened. And that's why it didn't work. And you can really uh, circumvent a lot of kind of lost time and productivity there. Uh-huh. So it's not just the hours, but the productivity is not connected necessarily directly to hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, too. And there's a lot of studies that say, you know, how many hours do you work before your productivity drops off ra- rapidly uh, and, and things like that. So, two. And for Paul, the answer is one. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, there's another really uh, strong video game. Uh, He's about to fall asleep right now. Analogy here. Well, they just this this last week. One of the one of these guys. I can't remember the name of the guy, but he he was he worked with companies for a long, long time. There's this whole thing in the video game industry when they're creating games that they call their crunch time which is towards the end of release. And this happens, I'm sure, with uh, startups as well, whatever their product might be. It's not just limited to video games, but it's a big thing in video game culture where it is all hands on deck. You're going to be here 80 plus hours this week, if not more, for two, maybe three weeks in a row. You don't go home. You don't see your children. You don't. You know, and it's a badge of honor sort of thing. And it becomes this group mentality. And yeah. they feel like it's important for this team building and this sense of camaraderie and all this kind of thing. And it's not necessarily, like you said, that terribly beneficial for the product. There comes a point where you are actually hampering yourself and cutting yourself off at the legs because of you putting in way too much time. Yeah. But it's such an ingrained social and old habit kind of thing it's hard to get out of that model yeah and actually i one of the startup companies i've done was a was a computer game company and towards the end of the product we built a real-time strategy game and uh towards can, you, the end, can you share the title of that game sure yeah. it was a while ago it's called pax imperia 2 ah yes mm-hmm. yeah and uh it was, which was super fun to work on and actually really interesting too because uh so i was as a then i was a software engineer and there were probably like five or six software engineers but we had like 12 or 15 artists which was a really interesting mix of technology and art in the office because there's so much art and so much graphics that goes into computer games. Um, but it was super fun to have those guys around. They had a hold over the perspective around things. Um, and, it, and I can't draw to save my life. It, you know, you go to the, their cubicle. Too bad. We're going to hold a gun to your head. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm going to quickly sketch something <laughs> on the radio. But... Um, <laughs> But yeah, you go to their cubes and they're just covered with this beautiful art. They could whip it out in like 10 minutes. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing, right? So, so how long it takes me to whip it out. Yeah, <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. Oh, Jacob. But crunch time, to answer your question, crunch time is a, is a serious thing. And at the end, when you're, when you're trying to get the product out, out the door, you're writing the software and you're just there for you know, 100 hours in a week. It's just insanity. And you really actually honestly don't see anybody 
uh, outside the office for long periods of time. Right. It's nuts. Do you yeah. find, did you find that the artists had a different reaction to that, uh, crunch period than the, than the software programmers per se? Yeah. You know, so the corporate culture is what you really need to talk about there mm -hmm. and the artists and, and they really kind of, they kind of really design that so that everybody gets buy-in on that. So the artists were there too, uh, doing art. And a lot of that was like 3d rendering of things, which can take a long period of time. Yes. Right. Um, and you have to throw a lot of hardware at that. Uh, but so they bought into it too. And, and the other thing interesting about that is at the, in crunch time, a lot of what you're doing is actually playing the game to test it. Uh, and so the artists, of course, love to do that. I love to do that. And it's funny to, to write a game and play it and then have it break and then try to search for the problem and fix it. And just a really quick story. I, I wrote the AI for the game, so the computer players. And I was writing it and testing it, and they would crash, and I'd fix it. And at one point, uh, the, you, the you lose screen popped up. And I was like, oh, God, what did I do wrong this time? And I'm searching through the code. Search for like an hour. I couldn't find anything wrong. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. This was the first time the AI actually legitimately beat me. And like as a software guy, oh. as a software guy, I got this cold chill down the back of my spine. I was like, oh my God, I gotta turn the computer yeah. off quick before yeah, it right? takes over everything, right? The computer has <laughs> learned. Oh my God. My so, child singularity is here. My yeah. child has challenged me. Yeah, for my child not only challenged me, but spanked my spanked me. And <laughs> this I was is like, totally Dang. like and I was that feels like the like the, the, the like the turn scene of a movie, right? Like where all of a sudden like you're you're at your wits' end and you now nice you, try you're, you're tired enough in that moment where if you were to turn around and tell someone who wasn't that tired, right, yeah. Like I think the computer actually She's legitimately beating me now. He'd be like, "Go to bed, Ulysses. Go yeah, to bed. right, exactly, right. Like, Stop sleep, and then overnight he would take over everything." Um, so, uh, and so is that why you're here? You're here to turn the Sunday assembly to go from you know the group that is now into like groups of thousands of people, and then you guys will sell Sunday assembly to another atheist organization. <laughs> That's awesome. That's uh, that wasn't the plan, but it is now. <laughs> so let's talk to Kevin for a second. Cause Kevin's here in the studio too. So Kevin, uh, you you run this, you help run the Sunday Assembly, right? Yeah, I'm co-president with co uh, Cassandra Ciccone. Wow, uh, is uh, she hates the, you right now? She does. She, now. You barely know her. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we run the Sunday Assembly here. And uh, it's, so talk to quickly to people who don't know what the Sunday Assembly is. So Sunday Assembly is historically difficult to describe. The way I describe it is it is uh, the best bits of church without religion. A lot of people call it atheist church, but that's kind of a misnomer because it is not strictly for atheists. It's just, it's secular. So it's like, uh, just like TED Talks. Yeah, so secular. Ulysses is here not to talk about anything having to do with religion whatsoever. Right? right, exactly. So in other words, like the churchy element, which is the sermon, Right. Yeah. So the sermon is something where the priest would normally say something to the community and get a little thought provoking for the community. You guys bring in thought provokers right. to talk to your secular community. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, we are kind of like a church. We have that function in that there's donuts. In that there are donuts <laughs> uh, and cupcakes. And generally, uh, church attendance is correlated with all kinds of measures of well being. Um, things like uh, better health outcomes, lower suicide rates, and it seems like that's that's correlated with church attendance, but not necessarily religious adherence. So, if people, in other words, the community matters. The community is what. So, matters, having a exactly. community cr creates a sense of well-being in right. people. Right, and mm -hmm. there's some research indicating that Sunday assembly uh, is providing those same health you, benefits. Yeah. 
<laughs> Every time you turn to me, you go off mic. Ah. <laughs> I, I got to work Talk on to that. Talk to Jacob. All right. There you go. So there's some evidence that Sunday Assembly is providing those same benefits and well-being uh, without the religious element. And I totally agree with this on a, on a total personal level, on an anecdotal level, which means a scientifically unproven level. But um, <laughs> I used to talk about this, the bar I worked at that I used to jokingly call my living room because I basically, even when I was off, I would just go there all the time. And when uh, people I date would be like, why do you just fucking like that bar? And I'd be like, I don't know if it's a guy thing or not, but I can't tell you how satisfying it is to go somewhere knowing you're going to run into people that you like and people that you want to talk to and I don't have to call them and make plans. Yeah. The idea that like I can walk in and just know they'll be there or maybe they won't be there or maybe someone else will be there and someone random might show up and I'm in charge of none of it. I'm responsible for none of it. And so if I, if I don't go myself, I don't break anyone's heart. And if someone else doesn't go, it's not a big deal. And you just kind of go like, this is where I know I can run into someone and talk. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. And so I used to think that that was half of church is that like no matter what on Sunday, the community checks in with each other. Mm-hmm. has donuts and the conversation after the ceremony seemed so much more the conversation for me which was always in the parking lot yeah. with a couple mm-hmm. of other families yeah. which seemed like half the reason why we went exactly yeah totally I, I, that makes total sense I mean as a, as a new member at Sunday Assembly it's really interesting I mean, I'm fascinated by the whole process of the of the uh, organization and stuff but it is the the coffee break afterwards, right? Where you get, where I actually get to meet the other people that are part of the Sunday assembly, yeah. learn about them, learn about their backgrounds. And the interesting thing too is in this day and age, I find it really difficult to, to actually make plans with people because everybody's so busy. I end up making, I want to oh, go yeah. see somebody on a Wednesday and they're like, well, how about next Wednesday or next yeah, Thursday? Yeah, it's yeah. like a week later and you know, that's, that's hard. So mm-hmm. something that's guaranteed every, every period of time is good. And it's not just the, the Sunday thing either, much like church communities have. We have potlucks. We have different events. We're going to be doing a hike soon. We have a cocktails and coloring event uh, that has been successful recently, which is kind of uh, inspired by those wine and painting events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this is slightly easier. You just color, <laughs> color printed pictures. <laughs> okay. So you just have you have a coloring, adult coloring book is back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, we do a lot of fun things, and uh, it's great for community building. And then, so and you 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 bring in uh, Ulysses here to talk. Yes, this Sunday. Uh, yeah, this so Sunday, what's the May date and 1st, time and location. May first at uh, UNLV, um, and the specific room I don't quite recall. Just you go to UNLV and look there. around. Yeah, yeah, you'll see us. <laughs> you can't that, miss it's us. Not that big. Just go ask. <laughs> no, you're gonna put some uh, on Facebook. It's on. Yeah, on find Sunday Assembly on Facebook or Meetup. Uh, and all of the information is there with parking information. It can be a little complicated on campus. We know parking is key in this town. Yeah, we've got a lot, we got yeah. a lot to talk about parking. But fortunately, yeah. at UNLV on weekends, you can park in any spot uh, except for the ones that, that are marked reserved. So okay. that's something we need to get out there for people to know. And Ulysses will be there uh, this Sunday, May 1st at 1230. And he's going to be talking about some of the research that seems to be just beyond the horizon on uh, sort of radical life extension. I assume that's what you have notes on. Yeah. That's what I was just about to ask about. Cause so you're, you're a futurist. Yeah. So what is, what is a futurist first of all? Yeah. So that's a great question. Uh, so a futurist is, is somebody who uh, kind of looks forward to different technological changes in both uh, in technology, but also the medical fields. Um, so it's like driverless cars it's um, it's anti-aging uh, uh, medical breakthroughs. It's things like that. It's all about predicting 
uh, those things that are going to transpire, and then also talking about how it affects society, right? So driverless cars is a great question, uh, but it sounds like really fun. It'll reduce all these accidents rates, you know, a lot more people, a lot less people, excuse me, killed every year. But then cut it puts down like, on commuting times. Yeah, cut down on commuting times, but it also puts a lot of people out of work. So there's always challenges associated with uh, improvements that we make to our society. There's mm-hmm. always ripple effects, right? And anti this uh, this aging uh, question here too is really interesting. There's a lot of medical breakthroughs that have just happened in the last couple of years. Uh, and are going to continue to happen over the next couple of years where we'll be able to actually extend human life fairly dramatically, fairly quickly. And it's, hap- it's, it's, it's coming down the pike a lot sooner than people think. And that in particular is going to have dramatic effects across our society, right? Um, and also I should be specific for you, for the listeners too. So we're not just talking about extending someone's life so that they can live to be 150 years old. It's also, there's like lifespan, but there's also health span, right? Sure. You don't mm-hmm. want to be 90 years old and, for, in pain. and in pain for the last 50 years of right. your life. Right. You only bedridden for 50 right. years. Yeah. Right. So the key is. Well, Paul does. Well, <laughs> most well, only if he's wearing the gray suit and has the Chinese. Right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. Paul's going to be bedridden in a week. Yeah. So, as long as he's going to be motorboating a tit stick. Yeah. All day. <laughs> as, long as, I got, as long as I got access to my tit stick. I'm good. Well, I, 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 welcome to the this, future. I've talked about this before. I've talked about this before. I have. Uh, I've talked about this more on my other podcast. But I have a very specific uh, criteria. cutoff criteria for Armageddon, uh, or for or for when conditions in the in the world get to a point of unlivability. And my two conditions are ready and easy access to processed fast food. Right. Okay. So that means that there's some semblance of this society still functioning. Like every week. Okay, good. We were worried for a second. You know what I mean? This is an outlandish request. (laughs) This is the thing. Basically, can I get a cheeseburger within 15 minutes? And can I have uh, calm, secluded time to masturbate? Those are the two. Those are the two criteria. Because if those go away, shit has hit the fan. If you don't have time to think about. Can he has I an jack answer. It? He gets it. He you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. As a futurist, I can tell you. <laughs> I, I can't That's exactly that. how I was hoping you would start the answer <laughs> yeah, to that question. Exactly. <laughs> this, is this is perfect. So uh, clearly we've talked about you know robotic technology, yes. the VR technology, which kind of addresses your second issue. Yes. Um, <laughs> which which is not, not as important as the cheeseburger, but right. <laughs> still. Because um, you can fuck but, a cheeseburger. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in terms Who of, hasn't? But in terms of food, um, it's really – it's it's fascinating. So – you guys have all heard about 3D printing technology, yes, right? Yes, sure. So there's a lot coming up with 3D printing and being able to like you know replicate things in your house that you need. You don't have to go out and buy them. But there's also a lot of people working on 3D printing from the perspective of printing food. Um, actually, there's a little funny thing that the NASA astronauts are coming up with this 3D printer to print pizzas for them. And pizzas in particular are pretty easy because it's just a couple of ingredients. It squirts out the dough and squirts out the sauce and then it bakes it. Uh, and it's interesting when you talk about 3D printing, you're supposed to, you also talk about resolution. It's the same thing in resolution on your computer screen. It's how small an amount you can get onto the surface when you're doing the 3D printing, mm-hmm. right? So, and the, and the better the resolution, the more intricate foods you can make. Oh. Okay. So, um, so right now we just have these very uh, low resolution things like a pizza. But at some point in the, in the future, you should be able to make some interesting uh, foods, right? If you had some kind of like a protein mix, you could make like, you know, 
quiche Lorraine or something like that. You have a cheese and, a, and, and some proteins and some little green things and stuff like that. And it's all about supplying your 3D printer with the basic elements. Oh, wow. Um, so I think that solves your first one, too. Yeah. So as long as you can be in your house, have your 3D printer and your robots, and you'll be all set. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I gotta, so. If I've got a supply like... chain for that stuff coming in, that's the trick. What well, you just right. described does not sound like Paul's going to live a very long life. I'm just going to let you know that. <laughs> well, right. but see, that, see, he's got the other stuff to counteract all the, the food. That's true, right? Well, that's that's an interesting point. So there's, there's both like medical technology advancements to treat aging and to actually make you younger so i don't know how you guys old you are in the room right now but if someone well you look 16 so let's start with (laughs) yeah right but if you were like 50 years old we want to be able to give you some medication that's going to roll your age back to like 25 or 30 and then you'll stay that age for 150 years so it's a really how long is this out so that's a great that's a great question so So, here's one domino that goes away marriage right well this is a great question (laughs) because if you could feel and look 25 25, for 100 years you're done getting married is the dumbest thing i think you can think of right Right? and this goes back to changes to society right so there's all kinds of challenges that are going to come down the line from this wow uh and and other like things that you might not even think about uh related to long lifespan uh supreme court justices are you're nominated for 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 life life. Uh, yeah so we might need to fix that we might need to say hey you guys can't do that for a hundred years. You gotta, right. gotta be get new people in there. Life sentences for criminals. Well, Life sentences for criminals is a great one. If also, there's anything that reacts quickly and effectively, it's government policy. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Supreme yeah. Court is right. lightning fast. Well, right. We've already got that new guy on there, right? We, we took care <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's exactly. Uh, like next day. Yeah. Oh, jeez. But senators and congressmen also. Maybe we need yeah. some term limits. Oh, uh, yes. There's all kinds of ripple effects that, that that transpire for us during you know to this process. So you asked me, you know, when is this coming down the pike? There's um, there's a guy uh, uh, whose last name is Church who works at the Harvard Medical School who's very involved in um, kind of longevity research and stuff like that. And he makes a pretty dramatic uh, prediction. He says within the next six years, six years, uh, we'll have dramatic uh, medications that actually affect human lifespan. Wow. And there's uh, Ray Kurzweil. I don't know if you guys yes. know. Yes, yeah, he's been on a, a serious regimen of cocktail of drugs yep. that he's been working on for years now yep that's right he takes uh, yeah, what is it 100 pills a day something like that yeah he's covering the whole gamut his prediction is a little bit farther out he says 2029 which i think is like 13 years from now yeah. okay so between but that's six and 13 years is that not math. that far no and Ray's. i actually because i've done uh, a, a lecturing type of thing myself i he talks about the he makes a really great point about the um uncovering the the uh, DNA, the yes, mapping the DNA. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. It was closest, but like everyone thought it was going to be. Um, oh, it was an example of how instead, fast instead technology of, moves. Yeah, instead of exponential yeah. growth, everyone thinks it's always um, right. incremental. And so he thought, are you talking about the the genome? Yeah, yes. yeah. So to go yeah. to the genome, everyone predicted it was going to take a hundred years. And right. Like, it's going to take seven to thirteen because of incre- because because once you have one percent accelerating growth rate, returns, accelerating returns. Yep. yep. And right. they decoded it in seven years. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great example. And and the, you know, so these guys are predicting things out like that. There's actually this is fascinating. There's actually two drugs on the market right now that we're actually already using. One is a treatment for diabetes. Uh, and the other is a drug that helps people uh, who receive organ transplants. So the one that treats diabetes 
so traditionally, somebody with di diabetes lives a shorter amount of time than somebody without diabetes. Right. So they did a study with over 7,800 diabetic patients who were on this drug. It turns out that not only do they live longer than other diabetic patients, they live longer than regular people who, who don't have diabetes. So this drug is actually in use today. What, what, on, on, what uh, creates that scenario? Like what about the drug gives it life that is a great question and mm. i don't know the answer to that question i'm not sure anybody really does know the answer to that okay. question because it's it was developed as a diabetic drug um but they they haven't studied like all the mechanics of what it does and drugs are really interesting in the human body they can affect so many different uh so many different things because you're talking mm. about it from the perspective of, of an engineer i know like medicine it's always this fascinating thing and it comes up in sports a lot because the idea of uh, medicine is to bring someone at a detriment back to a perceived level of average health oh, that's interesting. right yeah yeah and then anything that goes beyond average is usually considered dangerous and superfluous and we don't necessarily like that hmm. when we want to go better than human right yeah. yeah yeah so what you just talked about is an accident even this the example wasn't like someone came up with this idea and came up with this pill and did it right it is that we were trying to help someone at a detriment right. come up to regular and they ended up exceeding that regular line yeah yeah and and so do you, is that something that you ever think about or care about well you know um so from my, from my personal perspective, I'm always trying to be a better human being every day. And that might be from a psychological perspective, you know, how do I interact with people? Um, also from like, you know, moral and ethical standards, you know, I'm always trying to make, you know, good rational decisions around that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so I, how I'm many not, people do you flip off in traffic? I, I you know, All I do. I, I'm still a human being, so right. I still, I still get, I still get mad. You know, I'm not like the Dalai Lama or something like that. But, uh, but so I'm not so worried about um, not. I, I, I'm not so worried about going above and beyond because I think that that's actually a good thing, right? Um, a lot of things that happen, there's a lot of restrictions that we put on ourselves, especially around aging, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, and I'll even, I'll step way far out and I'll say, hey, if we really want to put people on Mars um, or some other planets, it takes time to get there. And there's a lot of other challenges around getting human beings to planets. But uh, longevity is one of the one of the solutions to some of those problems, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. you got to stay alive long enough to get but there. But what it also, also, you're saying it as if it won't become a necessity. I mean, if we all live to like 200 years old. Mm-hmm. We might need then more we real gotta estate. have other planets. Yes, well, overpopulation is a great, a great question. But so that's a fascinating question, though, right? So everybody says, "Oh, first time." Whenever I speak to people, they're like, "Oh, overpopulation." We're already worried about that. But imagine if you're a woman, and you're going to be 30 years old for once you're hit 30 years old, you're going to be 30 years old for another 170 years. You might actually delay uh, having children till you're 150, but still physically 30 years old. So right. So overpopulation might not be as dramatic as we think it is because it'll all be delayed a little bit. That makes sense to me also because I'm not in the camp that we are overpopulated now. It's been oh, proven okay. that that's mostly a myth that thinks so. That we, Interesting. We, we have not, once we hit 8 billion, we, came, we seem to now be staying at that mark. We're not growing. Because we were hit a billion in like 1950, right? Something like that. I, 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 I think know. we hit a billion in like 1950. And then we shot up to like 6 billion in, 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 in 50 years. Mm -hmm. And so everyone just was like, oh my God, it's going to keep going. Right, but right. the truth is that that's not the case. That we we did keep growing a little bit after that, but we our exponential growth has not happened. Well, that's a it's a it's a good point. So there's a bunch there's a bunch of TED talks on this too. But a lot of once you the best birth control in the world is education. All the all the developed. Tell me about it. I thought you were going to say a crying baby. 
<laughs> no, well, that, that is too. But in all the countries... No, every time I try to educate a girl, I, I talk myself out of getting laid. So that is true. Just just the attempt to educate, I believe, is the biggest form of birth control. But, but in all the countries where education level reaches a certain point, their uh, birth rates drop below their death rates. Like So all the Scandinavian countries, and actually the United States is very close to that. And it's all the countries where the education level is low, where population, where the birth rates are still in excess of their death rates. So the, the solution to overpopulation, if it does exist, is simply to educate people. And that's actually happening fairly quickly, especially with the advent of smartphones, because hmm. now you have on your phone you know, access to all kinds of information in the world. And even people in Africa, and Africa in particular has done, done this amazing thing where they've done this technology leap Right? They went, they didn't, they never had any kind of uh, connectivity. They didn't go put like wires on telephone poles. They just went directly to wireless. They mm -hmm. left that technology. They didn't even do that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they did a whole technology leap. So now though, and their cell phones are, are permeating that culture and they're able to, to start to get educated using their cell phones. And so it's, it's a fascinating process. Do you think, this is going a little bit outside of that, but do you think the fact that they have jumped to a wireless tech based society mm. will aid in the possibility of wireless power that's interesting becoming question. a reality yeah so wireless power i i've seen demonstrations of that like at a ted at a ted talk where they have a television on stage and there's a trans well, i mean tesla had a chunk of it figured out back yeah. in the day but well, I mean, there's never wireless really... power now but it's, yeah, it's but tough it's, and it's, it's expensive exactly and it, and it generates heat it's and... remote and it's yeah, yeah. And it's I, localized I and i don't know how like, what the range of it is either. that's exactly what i'm saying the range is the main thing yeah. right now yeah but 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 to, but there's a different uh, way to address the problem that you're talking about mm. and this is actually happening a lot in india where uh like india has this amazing percentage i'm going to forget the number of people who have solar power okay and it's not solar power at an industrial scale it's solar power at like a hut scale yeah i mean they literally have a small hut they have just like a two foot by three foot three foot uh, solar panel that they put on top of the hut and it provides just enough light or energy to give you light at night and so traditionally people poor people would return home it's dark they can't read a book, they can't do anything, they just go to sleep. Right. But now that they have light, they can read a book, they can interact, they can talk to each other at the end of the day, and that actually helps dramatically with education levels. Yeah. Because yeah. it's cheaper to put a it's cheaper to put solar panels on all the huts rather than run wires to all of them. Exactly. Then, right, you don't want that tech you don't want, you want to leap that technology yeah. again. Yeah, nighttime light was one of the big big changes. Yeah. yeah. And so fascinating. Helped a lot with wolves. You joke, wolves. but you talk about that. Those are, we talk have about some the of the smartest wolves to perform at night. The wolves, yeah, they're no, some I'm of kidding. the smartest wolves now. Wolves can finally read at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't yeah. have to just hunt. No, yeah. there's this plenty of wolves that really want smart. to sit down fact, and enjoy. But their a, population a is going now, down now because they are getting more educated. Yeah. Well, it's okay. <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually a wolf that convinced me to go vegan. So oh. I was like, that's how much he wasn't eating meat anymore. Wow. wow. Yeah, he's herbivore. See the, the ripple effect. <laughs> that's uh, the ripple effect that's it um, I'll, I'll just tack on something really quick on the, the hut thing just what did, i was gonna say yeah you have to be going back there's nothing <laughs> you got out of that add to wolves. No, no. i have to lead you guys back to the that's fine but uh but <laughs> we need you around more often the guest reigns the interviewers in. that's yes. fine but so now imagine you're in a hut you've got your cell phone you've got power mm -hmm. now to, to, to charge your cell phone that's a huge deal um, but now you need some kind of connectivity and you don't want to do wires. 
um, but also the nearest cell tower is you know 200 miles away in the main city. So you know, there's Google and Facebook are, um, and actually SpaceX also are working on technologies now where they can um, uh, put like you know either hot air balloons or weather balloons, excuse me, weather balloons over different locations and provide Wi-Fi all across the planet or micro satellites in configurations that also blanket the planet. Mm. And the Google, so this is called the, the the weather balloon one is called it's a Google project, of course. It's called Loon, um, and it's really interesting. Because wind blows at different directions and rates it, in the very high atmosphere, like above 60,000 feet, you can actually, by raising and lowering the balloon, get within and get within and keep your balloon within 300 meters of a location that you want it to wow. stay. Wow. Which is a ridiculous amount of precision. So now you can For the just, wind, yeah. For the wind, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable. So now you can have a balloon that just hovers over a small village and provides internet connectivity. Wow. That's insane. Huh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I believe. I'm a believer. I'm in. I'm in the yeah. future, guys. Well, it's happening. I'm back in. <laughs> so no, what, I'm gonna, I'm It's easy to believe. It's real. Yeah. So what is the piece of technology that you are personally most looking forward to, uh, except for the boobs on a stick? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my second choice. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, that, that's actually a really interesting question. I, I, I'm fascinated by all aspects of technology. I'm also another reason why I consider myself a futurist, because I'm really excited about the future. You know, I'm a really optimistic guy. I know that we have a lot of challenges. <laughs> we won't talk about politics, but, uh, yeah, oh but boy. That's, that's one of the big challenges. <laughs> no, we've uh, sure. But, you know, the, the thing is, like, I, the, the, the libertarian argument is if you have the solution to the problem, do you really want the government to handle it? You know, that kind of a thing. Uh, that aside, like you just brought up Google, Facebook, SpaceX. Like, yeah. there's plenty of people who are going to... You know, no one likes the idea of something, but when when presented with things that are concrete, they often do, right? Yeah. You know, and so, you know, even with politics, no one's going to vote for an atheist president, but they will vote for someone who happens to be atheist, who happens to be a good president, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a matter of that, like, so you're bringing up these ideas that make us all uncomfortable because it challenges, it's telling me that, like, that, that, that scares me because, like, shit, tomorrow, I don't want to do this tomorrow. I got kids. I got to go to work, you know? Yeah. I don't want to be worried about getting a balloon above me, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know? It's just a matter of that, but, like, all of a sudden, when, when you're presented with, with people who really want to put it there for you, you can experience the benefits of it right away, right? then it becomes a very different idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it, it's also fascinating too. You mentioned these these companies. So, in terms of like governments solving problems, it's really kind of going to private industry, right? Mm. So, there's a lot of highly motivated, very rich <laughs> individuals who are looking out at the world at a global scale and saying, "Well, what are these problems, and what can we do to fix that?" But it's exactly how it should be working, though. I mean, you know, when uh, people were very unhappy with George W. Bush, a lot of people were saying that you know Clinton, Bill Clinton, after you've already been president, as long as you take a term off you can run again, mm. you know? And he said, he said, uh, what I do with the Clinton Global Initiative now as a private citizen is so much more effective than things I've been doing as president. Because when you're president, there literally is a team of people with all the resources lined up against you, no matter what you say, like prepared for anything you say to rail against everything you say, right? no right. matter what, no matter what the idea is, no matter who benefits. Right, and that, that even if they came as, up with the idea first. Yeah, mm -hmm. and as soon as you become a citizen and you put together your own organization, that type of organization that rails against you does not exist. Yeah, yeah, and so great examples of that, you know, are, are, are large industry uh, lobbyists who, yeah. who are in Washington who want everything to stay the same. The status quo is their mission. Yeah, uh, and so every kind of change that you try to put in, they're going to block you or derail you. They're going to they're going to get senators and congressmen to not vote for the bill. All these kinds of things. 
So absolutely, because and, and that's look at the, the amount of states that have passed bills against driverless cars already, and there hasn't been any inaction. Yes, and that's a great example. That's of, like telling. That's like stopping a teleporting law or something. Yeah. Like we haven't done it yet, and now right. you're like, but please, please don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't want the future to be better, right? We want yeah. the future to be the same so that we can continue to make lots of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a, a super sad. Like, we know how our business model works now. We yeah. don't want to fuck with that. Yeah. And who's yeah. the guy, the Atari guy, the guy who turned down Apple? Nolan Bushnell. Who said, uh, don't pray for world peace, pray for driverless cars. Yes, yeah, right. the, amount of, the amount of people that die in war and from gun violence are n- no comparison. His other big thing, stuff. which I yeah, love. that's a great point. His that's other big point. thing was he's, he's pushing now for underground transportation more than anything. Oh, neat. He's like, get cars off the streets hmm. completely to make uh, city life. City life will be so much better right? if you could just walk around. Yeah. Without worried about getting run over. Right. Can you imagine if we could get all the cars off the streets, how much cooler life could be? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like it. Yeah. As long as I can still get my satellite radio. So. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, all right. So. You got your balloon. You're set. All right. So you're going to be lecturing this Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah. Well, wait, we, didn't get the, we didn't get an answer to this, his, his, the technology he's looking most forward to. Oh, oh, I saw the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a great. So I was leading into that by saying that I'm really excited about the future. So I want to be around as, as long as possible. So I think the technology I'm actually most excited about is the ability to live as long and as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm also partially terrified by that too, though. I mean, the idea of being around for 200 years it brings up all kinds of things for me. Like, you know, will I get bored? You know, what, <laughs> what's my life going to be That's like? That's his biggest fear is boredom. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, we can get you into comic books. You'll be set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, well, got, well, luckily 200. you'll have boobs on a stick, so I mean, it won't easily matter. 200 Honestly, years worth of comic it books. Means to I can read finally already. watch all the series on Netflix. I'm not getting around. True. To. <laughs> Marathon those things. Would your opinion change on that? prospect if you had to be modified in some way if you had to become less less organic let's great say. question right right so this is a whole uh actually a whole movement that you're talking about called transhumanism right yeah um so the transhumanism movement is a fascinating movement these guys believe that the next stage of evolution is not natural selection but unnatural selection, in other words, we drive it. We decide what we want to do to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that can be both from a biological perspective and a technological perspective. We can go in and change our DNA to, to change ourselves, or we can go and augment ourselves with like cybernetics and things like that. Well, just one that I saw the other day, because I'm, I'm wearing glasses today, which is odd for me, because I, I don't see as well with glasses as I do with contacts. I'm very close to being legally blind. Uh, I, I like without these glasses on, I could I would see four other blobs in the Jacob, room and might know that they're color. It's blind drunk. Everyone says you're blind drunk, <laughs> not that you're legally blind. This explains so much. Uh, but no, I saw one the other day that it was um, a lens that is uh, the the prototypes have been developed and it's uh, it's electronic. It, it's a, a, a computerized lens goes into your eye and is in a surgery very similar to cataract surgery. So a very simple surgery goes in and instantly corrects your vision to beyond 2020 yeah yeah and and you know just something like that to me i'm like that's that's yeah. amazing yeah I'll, I'll do that tomorrow yeah, yeah. Where, where do i have to go and like, so and so you stumbled on something that's, that's fascinating because right now in the united states and probably other parts of the world there's a technological arm rate arms race in progress which nobody really knows about and it's between biotech and hard tech yeah mm. so to your point about the eyes right there's two solutions i can either give you some kind of biological 
a fix for that. In other words, right. inject some stem cells into your yeah. eyes and have your eyes grow be- their lens better. Or we can replace your lens with some piece of technology. So there's these two uh, kind of not they're not at war with each other, but they're in a race with each other. Certainly, they're sure. competing. They're competing to get you know to get the solutions to these problems. But to go back to your question, uh, it, it, it's it's fascinating. I, I would if it I would augment myself. I think it's an interesting thing. I, of course, I say that I don't have any tattoos or anything like right. that. So uh, I'm in the same boat, but I, I still feel like if there came a day, Robo Leg, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a guest that we've had on before. My former roommate Brian Cremo, who's a, a big technology buff, he's been begging to be augmented physically since he's ever heard of it. Every time he reads an article, he writes the person begging to be a test subject. Yeah, he's been dying to make his arm a robot or get cells planted in that will turn lights on and stuff. He can't wait to get stuff injected into ever him. Since he's Oh, yeah. Terminator. Yeah, yeah, I think he's just been totally into Terminator. Wow. Yeah. Like that. Well, so, but this is a fascinating thing because now let's take sports for an example, right? So in the Olympics, there's a couple of uh, athletes in the Olympics who are, who are sprinters who don't have their legs, right? And they have those kind of curved uh, bo- uh, spring yes. steel legs. Right. Mm-hmm. They are wicked fast. And they're so fast, in fact, that the Olympic Committee has said, hey, you actually can't compete with Normal artificial legs, legs against you know regular people because you have an unfair advantage. So mm-hmm. all of us, we're already in the phase where, if you have enough money, you can have an unfair advantage over other people. And then right. all the what are the ethical and moral implications of that in society? Will the, the will the spread between the poor and the rich even get wider and even more different than it is today? Right yeah. where. Where we they the rich either live longer or they you know they can climb a building or oh, jump over a building. What's the movie uh, the, the the sci-fi movie with Matt Damon where all the poor people live on Earth and then all of the rich people live Elysium. on the oh, there yeah, you go Elysium. Elysium yeah it's a great point it's a great yeah they, they great live example. on not the moon but something like that yeah yeah and and so a lot of people bring that up in terms of the 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 spread between the rich and the poor sure but the the. The argument against that is that technology always starts off as very, very expensive, and yes. only the rich people get it. Right. And then over time, it gets commoditized, yeah. and then it trickles down, and it becomes very cheap. Right. Only like rich people had CD players for a long time. Exactly. And yeah. now they're well, almost, when, when the now iPhone, no one does. I know. It's true. A better example might be the iPhone. <laughs> You're right. When the iPhone first came out, it was, you know, oh, this is so fucking expensive. No one, like, this This will never dominate the market. This will, you right. know, be a few rich people have the iPhone and that will be it. And now, like, you can't you can't throw a cat without hitting somebody with an iPhone. Yes. Yeah. Stop doing that test. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, it works a lot very of well. Around here. Please leave so the cats many alone. Cats. The, the cat there are a lot of so iPhones good. and a lot of cats. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect marriage, Donnelly. Come <laughs> on. It's yeah. true. Uh, actually, speaking of cats, and don't ask me why this connected to it in my brain but um this whole thing too about uh, the future and and food and kevin can jump in on this too is uh this whole thing about vat grown meat right uh, uh, which i find really fascinating because in terms of environmental load uh beef and chickens and live animals has a high impact and, yeah. and i love beef chicken and all that kind of stuff right but uh, kevin can jump in he, he talks a lot about this stuff around the, the vat grown foods and well, they, I, I don't really know that much about it. I just, as I understand where we are currently, uh, we have no obvious solution for providing the fat for the meat. We can grow the lean meats, but without, like a hamburger without any fat, uh, no. it's not going to be very good. 80-20, 80-20. That's the magic. Yeah, that's spread right. Some, spread some avocado on that bad yeah. boy. You're good. So uh-huh. maybe we could eventually... Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, we could use avocado, we could use alternatives, or we could eventually potentially uh, create synthetic fats the same way, uh, like if we're 3D printing with atoms. I, I caught like his show I a couple like, weeks ago. Whose show? Synthetic fats. He's my <laughs> <laughs> He blows a mean ten minutes. I would like the technology, you talked about like bio versus uh, technology. I would like the technology that takes fat out of me and lends it to my lean meat to cook. There you go. <laughs> that is exactly the thought right? process I had. I was like, I have all the, I have all the, uh, I have all the unlean fat needed. Belly, to belly to skillet. <laughs> belly to skillet. That also eliminates the ethical concerns. Uh, yeah, it comes come from me. I volunteered my own fat to make this <laughs> steak delicious. Yeah. Yeah. The environmental impact, very small. Yeah. Very and, small. And, and there's actually an interesting organization that really has a lot of su- uh, has a lot of support behind and m- has put money behind the whole vat grown meats, uh, it, which is PETA. Which right. is for which I find fascinating to me because you know they're trying to protect animals and the way they're doing it is hey we we shouldn't kill animals we should just grow some muscle tissue which yeah. is basically what what meat is yeah yeah it is interesting so so now how uh, you know this lecture that you're doing are, is lecturing something you, that you do frequently or something you do on the side in between your rest periods from crazy business <laughs> <My rest breaks. laughs> well so obviously I I, uh, I am fascinated by science I am fascinated by the future I read science blogs all the time you know all the stuff that we've been talking about for the you know for the for this uh, talk here lots of a variety of topics right so this is just this one in particular on uh, on next Sunday is just one of those things that I'm interested in but it's um, I forgot your question now. Totally. What was your uh, question? Uh, is lecturing something you do on the side? Oh, yeah. No. So just talking to people about this stuff is what I really do. Okay. Um, this will be the first time I actually give a lecture on it, so we'll see how it oh, goes. Cool. Ah. Okay. So that was, that, was, that was what I was kind of getting at. Was yeah. that it seemed like, it seemed like it, this is a new chat. So uh, it's exciting. And how did you find Ulysses then? Um, how did I find Ulysses? We, yeah. we met at a... That always um, means grinder. the hesitation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we actually met at Science Cafe, I uh, think. Th- that was the first time we really talked. Yeah, we had seen each other at a previous, uh, just an atheist meetup. Okay. Um, but yeah, Science Cafe grinder. is a, an event. <laughs> that's... You can... You can an atheist meetup is a meetup between two people, whether that's on Grinder. <laughs> or... Yeah, the venue is, you know. But we didn't really talk the first time we met on Grinder. You know, other... yeah, most people don't. Picture exchange. No, so, uh, so... so then, uh, yeah, we met at uh, Science Cafe, which is another uh, thing that UNLV puts on. Okay. Uh, where they have one of the professors do a lecture on a, a certain topic. And we got talking then, and that was actually, I think, the first time I heard you uh, talk about the uh, this specific topic, the, yeah. the futurist stuff. Yeah, because that was a, that science cafe was something on hibernation, mm-hmm. um, which was a fascinating topic. And actually, this Wednesday is the next science cafe. I'll put a plug in for them, and I think it's on exoplanets. And it's okay. uh, what's the name of the? It's the Irish restaurant. Where do they they do it? Quiet next to the or- Orleans. Oh, McMullins. Uh, McMullins. McMullins. Yeah. Uh, McMullins on Wednesday night. Oh, cool. Yeah, and they do it like once a month. It, and that's it's super interesting. And you get to meet a lot of the professors um, from UNLV, and they're really interesting folks to talk to. I and obviously, go to one of those. You, guys. You, you could if we weren't doing a show at the same time. Right. But, right. Um, so Paul can go this week. <laughs> Stuff is always happening. Oh, yeah, Paul, you can go this week. Maybe. <laughs> what, what time is it? Is it before eleven <laughs> thirty? It's. Uh, I think it's. It's like six or seven. I'm not Perfect. quite sure. Yeah, so it's like be with the bucket show. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, we can we can we can go to McMullen's and then we can go. Uh, One thing that just popped into my head. Go ahead. We're spending all this time and energy on creating synthetic meat. Yeah. But we ought to probably be doing 
is finding out a way to augment our taste buds and our olfactory senses so that we think a piece of lettuce is a sirloin. <laughs> Did you say sirloin? Sirloin. Sirloin. Like is that a the knife. French? Yeah. Like yeah. a sirloin. Sirloin. I'm so that's yeah. a lot. Sirloin, sirloin, sirloin. Of, of meat. Sirloin yeah. of yeah. meat. <laughs> um, but, but really, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's make the, the good for us stuff taste great. Okay. But not through that. Through our own perceptions, right? But Let's you, mess with perception. You could not that, the reality. You could do that right now. How? By changing your diet. For, no, it'll still the, taste like lettuce. Hard way. Taste it like still lettuce. tastes like lettuce. Eventually, eventually, I'll that, go. That's what this Matt and Ben like huh? have done. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know this. Or yeah. <laughs> I did it for. I know when the, when the corn no. tastes really good. I remember that. No, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm in the big picture, though, Paul. <laughs> yeah, the corn. The corn tastes great. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> It takes a very long time. So it what does. you're saying is there could yeah. be something that accelerates it, but like your you, you, or it your, changes it your permanently. brain cravings and your intestines, it takes a very uh, you know they, uh, they talk about this even with human will, like the logical decision to change in your nature. I uh, forget I forget who did it, but it's brilliant. So I forget who said it, but it's, mm-hmm. they call it the man and the elephant. Hmm. So the man wants to turn around, but it takes that much longer to get the elephant to turn around and get uh, the yeah. elephant to go the other way, right? Mm. And, that was P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum, yeah. <laughs> and so, born every minute. Uh, yeah, so your logic, so when you make the decision to quit smoking or quit drinking or change your diet or whatever, like that's the man. Yeah. When you actually want your actual nature to become second nature, you're waiting for that elephant to change uh, his mind and go in that right. direction as well. That's cool. And well, so... Let's turn that elephant into a cheetah. It does. I, and no, I'm saying like... Shit. This is... When, when, I, when I lost all the weight, and Kevin lost a bunch of weight too, he can, he can test to this as well. Yeah. How much weight have you lost, Kevin? Uh, I've lost 90 pounds of fat total. Wow. Pounds. That's a lot of fat. I could yeah. make a lot of burgers. How long did it take <laughs> you to do that? It took a long time, actually. It was over about two years. Two years, right. Okay. And so where where was this period where you lost a lot? When, was there a shorter period where you lost a significant amount of weight, but maybe yeah. it didn't change your nature? Um, where I didn't change... So, like, for instance, like, I'm, I'm leading you, but what I mean to say is, like, I lost uh, over 45 of my, of my 100 pounds in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. If I'd quit that program at that moment i absolutely would have gone right back to eating the way i used to eat yeah so i think i lost it in about two bursts of 30 pounds Mm -hmm. yeah uh there was a two-month period where i lost uh more than 30 pounds it was like 33 pounds right and uh and yeah uh, and so so after that burst you still had the old cravings right uh yeah yeah definitely it's just crazy so it's like it just takes a while for the because eventually what happens is your your insides want certain things to keep keep it going like feed me you know mm-hmm. but what cries out feed me changes but it takes a lot longer right? okay yeah does that make am i i'm talking to futurist you tell me am i talking on my <laughs> well, ass? i'm it, a college dropout actor well so there, this Bail is me up. the uh this it's, it kind of makes me think about the microbiome right so yeah. you've got this uh this this collection of bacteria that lives in your gut and actually if you just do go by the number of cells there's 10 times more cells of the bacteria in your gut than there are human cells in the body so there's also this like philosophical question: Are you really a human being? Or are you just uh, a, a carrier a system, vessel for a these, vessel mm-hmm. for this microbiome system? Yep. But so the microbiome actually affects you at all kinds of different levels, right? And it can it generates uh, hormones and things like that. So it can actually uh, affect a lot of control over who you are. Mm-hmm. And if that particular microbiome, and just this is just a theory I'm going to make up as on the seat here, sure. wants a particular type of food, it might give you that craving. Right. So. Your thing about the elephant is interesting because if you starve that part of your microbiome, in other words, that particular bacteria, maybe it dies off over time. And then the other bacteria that want the other healthy things gets get that, more. And they get and more, that voice more is stronger. And that voice gets stronger. That's, and that's, uh, that is the theory of my more intelligent scientist coach who, who coached me through that. 
you know, like I couldn't articulate that well, but it really is. A, there is. It takes a while for the intestine. It takes, and he, his guess was three months. Okay. Okay. So you, you're gonna lose a lot of weight before then, but after three months, then your your intestines will start to send different messages to your brain for mm-hmm. different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. And so it really does. There are times where I authentically it took a while. It was not right away. Sure. But it was like fuck. I haven't had any greens that I really want that feeling in my gut. Like mm-hmm. I really want that feeling, that bulk feeling of. Huh. of vegetables and tomatoes in my gut right now and I don't have it and it's pissing me off yeah. and that used to be burgers mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right do and you I, ever... believe me, I still eat a burger and it's good but I don't go like oh this is food which is what I used to do right I eat that other shit yeah. and now this is food I don't have that feeling anymore and that not having that is freedom oh that's super interesting mm-hmm. yeah. and you gotta relate right yeah to some extent but actually less so than I want to okay um, because uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I had to. Uh, I was bringing some pizzas to a potluck, and they were in the car, and it was just like, "God, I want that." Oh yeah, I yeah, want yeah. That pizza. Uh, do you do you still struggle with that? Of course. Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Uh, definitely. I mean, you still know, like your brain still knows that that's good, and mm-hmm. and that's not even telling people who are doing our hardcore diet, is that like don't think that you're swearing off all these good foods forever. You're just going to have them at a less frequency than you had them before. I think the good news is you probably won't have a car full of pizza often. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's a hard thing to ignore in the best of circumstances. Right. Um, yeah. A car what, full of pizza. What I'm doing we is... We just launched carfullofpizza.com. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> what I'm doing is a, a little... Driver. Oh, we got a new startup. <laughs> car full of pizza. Are you on? Because right now it's only, I'm in. Right now it's only four in. people. Yeah. And we want it to go to like 400 people. <laughs> I've had bad experiences with that. So you Uber go ahead and sign me out. Uber for pizza. I can tell you right now we already have one guy who's kind of on the fence. We really need your help. <laughs> it's got to be. A, it's got to be a driverless car. <laughs> yes. It's just pizza. That way- Pizza's driving. Pizza's driving pizza to my house right now. <laughs> you can no, fit I still, more pizza. I yeah. still have pizza. You know, once in a while, I and mean, yeah. it's still really good. So I, I'm doing something a little unusual or different in that from November 20th of last year. Until November 20th of this year, I'm having no processed foods, uh, primarily defined as flours, sugars, oh, wow. and oils. Um, so uh, it's... Much harder. It's it's probably much harder, but I am still eating meats. Right. And so I wonder how different it would be. And so I'm thinking about experimenting with just cutting out meats for maybe three months and see how that affects my craving. And that's the thing. Like, it's not like uh, uh, this is not about you at all, so I feel bad. But uh, 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 Ulysses, stuff, it's like, anyway. Uh, well, he's thanks, he's thanks got for being insight on everything. Thanks so. for being engineer, guy who works with billionaires. Anyway, we're going to talk about food for a second. Uh, <laughs> I love food. Yeah. No, uh, it's just that like and the argument I always make is just about math. So what you're describing is not like offensive in any way to me. Like oils is the most effective carrier of calories mm. to the body. Like a tablespoon, you know, compared to the amount of broccoli we take to get the same amount of calories is just ridiculous. Mm. And for me, switching over to vegetables is just about math. It's really fucking hard to eat 3,000 calories of broccoli and carrots. Right. It's really fucking easy to eat 3,000 calories of steak. And so, and then I might not be done for the day. I might have 3,000 calories (laughs) of steak and that was just a meal and I'm going to have two more meals, right? Mm. So that Mm. just puts me at an operating uh, surplus so to speak and that's what most people do is they just give themselves way too much of a surplus throughout the day and so yeah. what you're talking about is still a, a reduction of sorts that you're not you're right. simply not going to get the amount you're not going to act, act you're not going to activate uh, you're not going to have a surplus of, of energy at the end of the day you're mm-hmm. going to have a deficit which is what's going to make you lose weight so that's all 
that make sense to you, engineer yeah, person? Yeah, yeah, Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so you're lecturing Saturday? Sunday. 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 At the Sunday, at Sunday assembly. assembly. I'm going to the secret lecture on Saturday. It's going to be awesome. Hey, you weren't supposed to tell everybody about just, that one. It's just, it's just me. secret. It's just me calling him and be like, what are, you, what are you thinking? What do you think about the future? How did you get this number? <laughs> what is the actual topic or, or thesis of your lecture for Sunday? So my, it, it will be about um, uh, life extension and longevity for humans. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna, but but it's also, but it's from a very scientific perspective, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about you know what it means, but also I'm gonna give five examples of research that is currently being done or mm. drugs, and I mentioned two of the drugs to you guys. Yeah. Things like that. It's like hard scientific evidence, um, because you got to be really careful in this day and age too. You know, you don't want to get, you don't want to go into this field by the, you know, the, on the late night television, you know, right. as seen on TV. Uh, solutions to this problem, right? No. So we want hard, real science on this. And for every article that comes out that maybe is in your favor, there will be some numbskull capitalizing it in an improper way. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and in fact, so I'm going to give five examples on Sunday, um, but it's less about those individual examples um, being the solution, and it's more about the fact that uh, there's there's a large effort right now underway to actually solve this problem. And right. the reason that's happened is there's this whole paradigm shift that's occurred. It used to be that everybody thought of aging as just the way it is, and that's it's not going to change. But we've changed our mindset now, and we're actually considering aging as a disease. Mm -hmm. And when you make that mental mind shift, you're talking about the elephant, right? It took a while for us to do this. But once we turned our brains around and we thought of it as a disease, then you can actually look at two things, symptoms and how to solve those problems those symptoms cure those things so that that mental shift has allowed all the scientists and researchers all over the country and all over the world to address specific issues so i'm going to talk about five things they're not going to be the final solution the, but, the, the five steps of living forever yeah they're not going to be that but That's the it's just speed article of his, of his lecture <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's <laughs> just showing you that there is a massive amount of research underway and coming down to either six or 13 years from now according, to the, according to the experts right all right so this sunday unlv Noon? 12.30. Yes. 12.30. 12.30. Give you an extra half hour to sleep in. Yeah, is any you, of this you can still be, come in at noon. Is any of this going to be recorded or uh, put up on the YouTubes or anything like that? Uh, yes, probably. Okay, great. All right. If and when that occurs, you get that info to us. We'll pass that on to the scoops. Right. Is awesome. it a cost? Uh, is there a cost? Or, oh, no. It's, uh, it's free to attend, open to all. Free to attend, open to all. These kind of events happen all the time. This is just a particular book for this. Yes. This and what, web, what website can people go to? Uh, go to either meetup.com or Facebook and just search for Sunday Assembly Las Vegas. Uh, you can't miss us. And we have not just this event, uh, the main Sunday Assembly that's like this is just once a month. It's the first Sunday of every month. And then, like I was talking about earlier, we have events throughout the whole month with pot, potlucks and other sorts of all right, cars full of pizza. Well, Kevin, cars we are pizza. <laughs> we are huge fans of the Sunday Assembly. We're huge fans of all everything that you guys do. I think you you do all these great things for all the right reasons, and we're we're lucky to have you here mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. So Very much. please, Thank you. Uh, if you have other friends like Ulysses that you ever want to bring by, please feel free to to, to dial us up and, and or just bring, bring Ulysses back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until until a robot is fucking Paul, we have we have no endless questions for Ulysses. <laughs> it's true. Just won't stop asking questions. <laughs> Um, do you shave your balls? Uh, I use a trimmer. Okay. There you go. Me too. Me too. It, Nick's in the, the cold shower. No, not with a trimmer. I mean, it's, 
It has the uh, the comb. The guard. The guard. guard. Yeah. The guard. <laughs> Blade guard. Blade yeah. guard. And we've come full circle. Yes. <laughs> that, that was my way of coming full circle. <laughs> All right. My way of coming full circle involves a boobs on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> and the circle of cum. And the circle of cum. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Lissies. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. We'll be right much. back with a little uh, Scoop Mail and Jock versus Nerd. Oh, that was fucking awesome. That was great. That was great. Um, if I wasn't doing Penn Sunday School, I'd definitely go see the lecture. Huh? But... Uh, for anyone who's listened to Penn Sunday School live, skip it. And then go see the lecture. Go see it. I'm, I might. If I weren't going to be having sex with my sex bot, yeah. I would uh, I would go. Sweet, sweet sex bot. Speaking of which, can I borrow your tits on a stick, Paul? Yeah. He promised to bring them back. <laughs> oh, I'll bring them back. They just won't be clean. He's got two babies at home. They're going to be like... Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> and they're not going to get milk. Speaking of num 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 num, you want to do some scoop mail? Yeah. We got one here from Superiority Complex. Okay. Good one. Good morrow, gents. Good morrow. So this is not a first blowjob story, but it is sort of a last blowjob story. Oh no! It is not. It is not a true Ottawa business meeting. Did you lose your wiener? It's not a true Ottawa business meeting or an Italian air show. Things turned out better than expected, but there was some damage from the flaming jet fuel. Oh. Let's just call it an Ottawa air show. Oh, jeez. Hmm. This story is from my high school days. It was after 1992, but still a very fine year for me. My girlfriend, let's call her fossilized tree resin, resi for short, <laughs> and I were driving home from the senior recital of some of our musically gifted classmates. It was a somewhat formal event, so Rezzy was wearing a cute little dress, and I, as a proto-hipster, was rocking my three-piece suit. That's a very cute uh, nice. way that he described her name. Did yeah. you get the name? Yeah. No. No, I'm not going to say it. Cause okay. I, know, I mean, but you know what that, you know what fossilized tree resin is? Syrup? <laughs> it's, all, it's also a woman's name. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's cute. Just because uh, of the movie Jurassic Park. Exactly. I mean, that's, all, that's why any of us would get it. It was dark out and the roads were ours. So we had her top down and she was kind enough to be giving me the most magical of things. That's a hot name. Roadhead. It's a hot name. I had it, my, Getting roadhead from fossilized tree resin. Yep. I, uh, my high school uh, like intense fling had the same name. Oh, yeah. All right. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Everything was going swimmingly until I saw the police lights in my rearview <gasps> mirror. Oh, no. Now, Rezzy was the school valedictorian. And we went to a super nerd school, so that was an accomplishment. Yeah. She was a girl with dreams and a bright future. Now suddenly finding herself half undressed with my wilting member in her mouth and a cop car pulling us over, she saw that future collapsing around her. Oh, geez. She went into full breakdown mode, fearing that she would be arrested for prostitution and what? lose her pending scholarships and everything was ruined forever. What? This is, this is a high school teenager. She's being a little I, overdramatic here. I get it. Sure. My attempt to lighten the mood by pointing out that she couldn't be a prostitute because I was not paying her did not go over well at all. I pulled over to the side of the road and managed to get my... It's not a joke. That's just the that's truth. A, that's just how the it is. The truth didn't calm her down. Yeah. When pull- does it ever? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ann. <laughs> Has the truth ever calmed any situation? No. No. It just escalates. Yeah. You're just throwing rice on the fire, guys. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
I pulled over to the side of the road and managed to get my pants zipped up and the straps of her dress back over her shoulders. Then I heard the shouted command from the police officer to me, for me to gather my information and exit the vehicle. Weird. That's really weird. Are you white? I, I am. No, usually, usually only, 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 only minorities get asked to leave the vehicle immediately. It's yeah. awful. White people usually get the tap on the window. Oh, it's still terrible. I complied and was immediately told to put my hands up. At this point, I saw that the officer had his weapon drawn, although oh. not pointed at me, and was crouched protectively behind his car door. What? At this point, I too became a little worried, as this seemed a bit extreme for a normal traffic stop. I might not have been valedictorian, but I too had a bright future, and maybe I was about to be arrested for uh, presumed sexual assault or soliciting or who knows what. Yeah, how good was this girl at giving head? Once I got to the officer and handed over my information, he explained to me the reason that he had pulled me over. My tag light was out. Okay. There was going to be an $8 ticket, and I needed to replace the light and go to the police station to demonstrate the repair. So everything turned out better than expected, right? Well, no. There was some burning jet fuel. That was the last time Rezzy ever found it in her heart to give me Roadhead. And possibly the last time she ever did it for anyone. We went on to have a spectacular breakup right before graduation, a resigned getting back together over the summer, a tense period of flirting the first year at uni leading to a fiery hookup, and an even more spectacular breakup that ended uh, things pretty much forever later. But the Roadhead was completely out of the question. Repeating, repeating my sins in your filthy pie holes, superiority complex. Oh, superiority complex. That's uh, that sounds like high school. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a lot like high school. Uh, having a gun drawn though over a busted tail light. Yeah, that's a little weird. That to me says the light was out. He called in the license plate wrong. Got a felon's car. Yeah, or like something. a stolen yeah. car. Some, or something. And, and then realized, oh shit, no, this is the a wrong four. plate. That's a four. Yeah, ah, yeah. damn yeah. it. Well, now I got my gun out. I'm not gonna put it back in. Right. That's like a samurai sword. It must taste blood before it is we sheathed. And as for Rezzy, it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't blow dudes. Why? Because nothing happened. Cause Come on, Rezzy. Almost happened, but then nothing happened. If there's a lesson out there for all of you, especially in high school, is make sure all your lights and stuff are tip-top. That's true. Especially if you're going to do the roadhead. That's the only takeaway there. Check your taillights before you get your roadhead. And there are plenty of girls who don't enjoy giving roadhead that really enjoy giving head. So I don't necessarily even want to write off Rezzy's uh, oral pleasuring no. altogether. A roadhead's not easy. No. It's really, it's kind of like 69ing. Where it's, like you do it just to s- kind of say you've done it. Yeah. You don't do that. That's not an everyday thing. Like I'm not excited to it's multitask. Not? I'm not excited to multitask for head with anything I else. I could be in everything. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you don't get, get go... Let alone operating a motor vehicle. Right. There's there's not like carpentry head. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody yeah. talks about... I'm sure there's plenty of video game head. Oh, brother. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, no, I would know. I wouldn't know. I know. There was a... There was a I think we had a couple moments during our uh, Fade Dark times. Back when we were playing, dark we were playing. Uh, uh, oh, what is it called? Oh, that was the the, the place was called Fade Arc. We called the game Fade Arc, and I can't remember the, life of me, the fucking name of the game. Oh, you've got a head during it. Of course you can. Oh, uh, right. Forgot it. Miss it. Pac-Man. Oh, I'd remember Miss Pac-Man. Uh, she's yeah, all, so... she's nothing but head. <laughs> 
That is fair. <laughs> Make like Miss Pac-Man and give me nothing but hair. That's so good. That's so good. I like my women like I like Miss Pac-Man. Nothing but hair. Goblin up these balls. Goblin balls and being nothing but head. Oh shit, police ghosts. Police ghosts are here. Woo, woo, woo. All right. Woo, woo. What else we got, Jacob? Uh, we got one here from Jeff. Hi, guys. My wife and I are expecting our baby to be born in the next week or so. As I'm sure Matt can attest to, uh, throughout her pregnancy, we've been given advice from anyone and everyone. Oh, fuck. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Ugh. I found that some people always have to steer any conversation toward parenting and then begin to rattle off all the things they've done because it's the right thing to do or the best way to parent. I've tried to change the subject, tried to smile and nod, and tried to just plain ignore them. So I asked you guys... What's the one way to get someone to stop giving you advice that is not wanted slash needed? Pull a fire alarm. That's a good idea. No, this happens a lot, and people are militant. I mean, it's really the amount of parent, co-parent shaming there is out there. And even on, like, you know, like all these all these news sites and stuff, they all have, like, a parenting section, and so people are paid to do militant things. And everybody, because it's so fucking crazy to bring something from, like, this tiny little organism to, like, to a giant human being. So it is a feat, and so therefore you feel like you have gained an expertise. You feel like you are an expert, but the truth is you've just been successful once or twice, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the, the, the amount of things that go you've into... You've done something that literally millions of people have done for literally millions of years. Yes, and you know what? Babies want to live. You know, there's stories about finding them in dumpsters and them living, and then there's like crazy fucking stories of like uh, you know things that should never have lived of being you know where you touch the skin and it could peel the face, but they still find a way to live and grow and be a regular human being. Babies want to live, so the problem with everyone giving you parenting advice is they're all right. Everything they're saying is correct, and all the people who have melted opinions about one way versus the other way, both ways are correct because babies live. Mm-hmm. And so like it's just nuts, uh, and so. Uh, I would use this rant that I'm saying right now to stop people from giving me parenting advice. That's a good one. <laughs> you so, start getting ragey, people are going to shut up. You're welcome to do <laughs> yeah. that, too. Um, I like to just walk away when somebody's talking to me about something that I don't want to talk to them about. I would say, like, a nice, sarcastic, early in the conversation, go like, are you telling me how to parent right now? Would be a nice way to, like, are you telling you me how to that? raise my kid? You could, uh, you could start talking about placenta recipes. Uh, yep, that's a good one because people, like the, people, like, uh. people offer pilling the placenta in case you don't want to just swallow the placenta as is in the, out of the freezer. Uh, <laughs> what did you do with the placenta? <laughs> Whatever the hospital does with the placenta. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns it into Chinese medicines. What yeah, they do yeah, with yeah. It. Whatever they do with it. My wife almost was talked into a pilling package. See? Oh. Well, that's the thing, right? Because I knew I was not into... And then she was going to give it to people when they came over to the house when they asked for aspirin. That's a question we needed to ask Ulysses. Oh, yeah. What do you do with the placenta? Yeah. We'll have to bring it back. I would like to to keep the placenta, make it into pills, and then when anybody's over the house, they're like, hey, do you have any aspirin? Yeah, yeah, here you go. Just give them a a placenta pill. I'm going to make it into a mask. Um, You know, I would... wear it as a mask. I would always... Halloween. Wooga, wooga, wooga. I would say, like, uh, for, for advice Put sections, I would say, like, don't uh, just admit uh, or sh- I, you, you lean on the other parent. Like, oh, we've already had a big discussion about this, and we have we, we already know what we're doing there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then kind of be like, you know, my wife would be like, Sarah, like, Sarah's very passionate about doing things a certain way. And I would just kind of be like, 
I'm not even in control kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would kind of feign that kind of a deal as well. Uh, but, you know, we went to a really hippy-dippy birthing place. First time or second time? First time. And it w- we didn't think we were going to be into it, but we wanted to understand what we were kind of in for. And so from an educational perspective, we really were glad that we did. And from a birth plan perspective, we did come up with a birth plan, you know. Um, and we they did... decided to go ahead and go through with the birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's important. <laughs> it's a that, solid like, plan. You can. No, there's a lot of you, ways to you, go about you it. You can't just go oh, to the hospital. Sure. You can. You can honestly do nothing and just go to the hospital and listen to every word everyone says, and then they might do a lot of stuff to you, and you won't have. Uh, you'll just consent to everything because you think everyone's right, mm-hmm. right? So you want to uh, feel a little more empowered. Yeah. I understand that, and so understand that. Like if they're going to offer you this, it's because it's going to have this, and it's going to take this away from you, and this, and you'll have this aspect. And so we felt like we were very knowledgeable of the plan as it was happening, as it was going on. And I would say by going to that place, it did allow us. We would we would have checked in the hospital right away, mm-hmm. and we didn't, knowing how long a birth process takes and what it really means. And and we, we started timing contractions time at home it out a little better. We, we stayed in our own home. Enjoy that time a little bit more put Sarah in the tub uh, you know relaxed times contractions and like you know and spent you know a lot of time at home just kind of letting the moment happen between the two of us really kind of like starting to understand that this was probably going to happen yeah and then we had the hospital bag ready to go and then we went to the hospital and Great. it was still a long process sure but, so you know going through the process gave us a little more private time mm-hmm. at home but um, I would just say uh, just be wary of shame Everyone wants to shame if you know if you get a C-section or shame if you get an epidural or shame Stupid. you if you you know get this or that you know just relax with all of that. I think and you should pretend to not speak English. Yeah, because what happens is and this happened with my wife. It's more her place to talk about it, but you know it's all of a second time around. All of a sudden there's like this feeling of uh, certain badges of honor she never got the first time around and badges of honor. Yeah, badges of honor. Okay, it's a hallway for people who. It's a, it's a special hall for people who have natural. Welcome births. to the badge of honor. Yeah, she didn't get in, um, and now she can't do the roast, the famous roast of older mothers <laughs> who got through the badge of honor years before her. Uh. Um, anyway, so yeah, just fuck that noise. Babies want to live. As a secondary question, specifically for Matt, what is the one thing that everyone kept saying to you about being a parent that annoyed the shit out of you and made you want to punch them in the taint? For me, uh, whenever I look tired, someone always says, oh, wait until the baby is here, and then you'll really know what it means to be tired. Yep, that was it. Say goodbye to sleep. Say goodbye to sleep. You know, people talk about the negative aspects of children, and people who don't have children listen to those negative aspects and go like, wow, that sounds like a drag. And you're never adding into the equation the magic of being around your child. So in other words, like my children make me smile ear to ear and fill me with love that I have not experienced before every fucking day. Right. And so, yes, I want to complain about them screaming the entire time I drove them from one place to another and all this other stuff because it is hard. But on the other hand, like nothing, nothing, there's not a moment that I've been like, why did I have kids? No. Um, and so, yeah, no, I don't sleep well. I, don't, I, used to, I used to be someone like, you know, I used to go to sleep at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and wake up at 10, 11 right. every day from the time I was like 15 to right before I had kids. And my, I've just adjusted. It's just the way it happens. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I don't sleep as much, but I don't care. Right. There was one time that a, a parent tried to uh, shame me about being tired. I was in the middle of like my third 120-hour week in a row. Yeah. 120-hour work week. And they were like, well, I mean... You don't even have kids. If you had kids, you'd really know. Yeah. Be like, no, I've worked no. 360 hours in the last three weeks. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm tired. I know. 
Yeah. Like, I know. I'm tired. It's okay that I'm tired. You have a kid. You're also tired. That's okay too. No, it's yeah, exactly that. All that stuff is always dumb. I don't try to. People weren't like it doesn't even matter. Like it's 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 just dumb. It's just it, and then also it's every, everybody's heart, heart is uniquely dumb too. Like me and my two kids is very different than anyone else and their two kids. Like it's just it's 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 just chaos. But life is always is. Yeah. It's not. There's just nothing to it. Um, just give that person a pat on the back and be like, you're a good That's person. exactly it. Yeah. Life always is chaos, man. My wife's the one that reminds me of It's that. all cool. I'm just, I'm a wreck half the time. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. foot thing, I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. How am I not at work? I'm losing my shit. Yeah. She's like, calm down. You're fine. Yeah. How does she We're say it? We're fine. She says, calm down. No, you want to be the Just calm down. <laughs> there it is. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You have a super special kind of crazy Mattingly. <laughs> she does call. She calls me Mattingly, which I think is adorable. That is cute. Yeah, I call you. That's weird. Yeah, no, it's only <laughs> people. It's only people that know me or give a shit about me. That's true. <laughs> Fucking you in the face with a dirty <laughs> diaper, Jeff. P.S. From Jess, if the baby is a boy, it will share a name with a member of ICS. Okay. What? So he, he's saying he's saying that his wife has announced that uh, if the if the baby is a boy, <gasps> that it will uh, it will have a name of somebody on ICS. Exciting. I'm assuming that they mean Ninja. Uh, I'm also <laughs> wondering, like, have they SJ. decided who? Sj like, the boy. In other words, like, can we still compete? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is, is, if they decide, like, if it's a boy, it's going to be one of the ICS names, but we haven't figured it out. Yeah, so Maybe. Jeff, Jeff, let us know if we can if we can sway which name it's going to be. It's going to be Scoopiter Ascending. <laughs> It's not our name. It's, a, it's, a it's scoop another name. scoop name. It's just a scoop name. It's just a scoop name. Scoop it or ascending. Kid scoop. Dippin' Dots Jack. Dippin' Dot. Yes. Uh, you ready to do a little Jack versus Nerd action here? Yes. Kaboom. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Explosion that lasts 200 years. Oh, Boom. can you imagine? It's a long explosion. If they extend life, they extend your uh, jizz period. Oh, I was talking about an actual explosion, but you went right to jizzing again. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> right back. Right. You, like, come he's, for, he's come full circle well, again. If you live 200 years. Every time years, you say explosion, are you thinking of jizzing? Always. If you think, no. If you think, <laughs> if you think, if you, you live. will be now, though. If you live 200 years. Yeah. Do you think you could go, you know what? When I turn 123, I'm going to dedicate that year to a year-long ejaculatory experience. <laughs> I'm going to spend a whole year in the throes of abject passion. I feel like you could do that now. No, but no, no. I mean, Lord knows there at are, 16, I tried. You can do it. You can do it on monkeys. I still try. They do it on monkeys. They can stimulate their heads, their brains. To the point where they just feel like they're having they just, an orgasm? Yeah. Constant state of... Euphoria. Is there any other test they do on monkeys? <laughs> it's the only thing it's, they do now. It's the only. It's actually it's the monkey's request, right? Yeah. Like monkeys are like, guys, we've tested you on all kinds of shit. Is there anything you guys want? Uh, can we do that one again? <laughs> yeah. Also, we taught the monkeys to talk. That's why Peter doesn't have a leg to stand on on that one because it's all <laughs> monkey pleasure. Just monkey's request. 
Speaking of things, this next monkeys. one is monkey's request. Couples only. <laughs> Speaking of things that monkeys request, here's a jock versus nerd from Smitty Scoop. Hey, Smitty. <laughs> Gentlemen, if you were indulge me for just a moment, I would uh, greatly appreciate it. I want to get the word out to all the scoops about the unofficial, unsanctioned East Coast Scoop meetup. On Sunday, June 12th, Piff the Magic Dragon is playing at Magooby's Joke House, which is located just north of Baltimore, P- uh, Baltimore, Maryland. I will be attending the show. Gelato Steve, Joe Swam, Fred Bashera, and Lindsay Bashera are all planning on joining me. I would Excellent. like to invite all the scoops uh, to, uh, to join us. The, the venue is conveniently located just off the I-695, the Baltimore Beltway. The doors open at 5.30 for the show at 6.30, so it should be easy for scoops to drive home after the show and get up for work on Monday morning. Any scoops that are interested can check out Piff's website, contact me on Twitter at Smitty Scoop, or just meet me at the bar at 5.30 p.m. Awesome. Go there. And when you do, tell fucking Piff to do our show when he's back in Vegas. Yes, he does need to do our show. He does. He he's, said busy. He gonna... he's busy as fuck. I know. Yeah. He's super busy. He was supposed to do it. But the, yeah, he's, he yeah, honestly, he's... he works seven days a week and does. Oh, I'm... yeah. Oh, yeah. He's working like a he, maniac. Because we aired his uh, bank show. So he ta- he does comedy clubs because he likes the environment better for his show. So if he sells out, he'll add like a 11 o'clock show. If that sells out, he'll add like a 5 o'clock show. Oh, if yeah. That's a, if that sells out, he'll add like a 2 o'clock show. He won't upgrade theater spaces. He'll just play as many shows as possible in the comedy club space yeah. as possible. And he does yeah. that. He knows his business. Thursday through Sunday. He and knows he flies his home and does a show at the Flamingo Monday through Wednesday. Shh. Does not stop working. Yeah. He's in that. I think he's in that same space where Second City used to be now, right? He is. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good spot for him. It's perfect for yep. him. Yeah. Anyways, come on uh, here, Pip. So I have decided to have a theme for Jock versus Nerd, uh, for this Jock versus Nerd. Since April is the start of baseball season, the Jock, versus, the Jock theme will be baseball. Since the scoops love when you talk wrestling and the wrestlers keep dropping dead, the nerd theme will be wrestling, specifically 1980s <laughs> tag team wrestling champions. Oh, geez. It is a very simple game, but in the event that this is another late night recording involving Paul drinking whiskey, here is a review of the rules. Step one, Jacob will read the celebrity name in a brief description. Step two, guess whether that celebrity is living or dead. Ah. Uh, there we go. So, jock question for Paul. Yes. Uh, Lawrence Peter Yogi Berra. The New York Yankee great three-time AL MVP and member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, also one of the most frequently quoted athletes of all time. Yep, it's not. It ain't over till it's over. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's dead. He is dead. Uh, what are some of the other great ones that he says? He's, he's if, if you come to a fork in the road, take it. Yeah, <laughs> he's got uh, amazing quotes. No one, no one goes there anymore. It's too crowded. <sighs> Do you know when he died, though, Paul? It wasn't that long ago. It was just 2015, yeah. age 90 from natural causes, proving his point that it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> Stan Musial, uh, St. Louis Cardinal great three-time NL MVP and member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm going to say he's still alive. He is died. He is dead. He died in <laughs> he uh, 2013. Died. He is died. <laughs> uh, died at age 92 from natural causes. Willie Mays, a.k.a. the Say Hey Kid. The New York Giant, great, two-time NL MVP and member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, he's still alive. He's alive. He's <laughs> 84. Uh, boy, that I almost died during that wait. Uh, <laughs> he's alive. He, uh, he's 84 years old, and in 2015, Major League Baseball identified him as one of the four best living players. Mickey Mantle, New York Yankee, great, a three-time AL MVP and member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Dead. He's dead, died in 95 of liver failure. Poor guy. Frank Robinson, only player to win the MVP award in both the AL and the NL. First African-American to manage a Major League Baseball team and member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Alive. 
He is. He's 80 years old, and he was also one of the best four living players. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop saying that they're in the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm just going to give you this spoiler. They're all in the fucking Baseball Hall of Fame. (laughs) Sandy Koufax, Brooklyn slash L.A. Dodger great NL MVP. Sandy Koufax is dead. He's alive. Oh, get out of here. And he is in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) He is also in the Hall of Fame and is also identified as one of the four best living baseball players. Wow. Johnny Bench, Cincinnati Red great two-time NL MVP. Hall of Famer. And and a member of a certain Hall of Fame. Alive? He is alive. He's 68. And he is the fourth uh, member of the the four best living baseball players. Okay. Bobby Dewar, Red Sox great nine-time AL All-Star. Dead. Alive. He is 98 years old. Ah, it doesn't count. He is the oldest... You know, if our if our futurist guest Ulysses gets his way, we'll never get a dead or alive jock versus nerd ever again. No, we won't. Which is great. I'm all for it. Uh, he is the oldest living Hall of Famer. He debuted in 1937 and played Jeez. with Ted Williams. Jeez, oh pizzies. Goodness. And Ron Santo, Chicago Cub great, nine-time NL All-Star. Dead. He is dead. Died in 2010 at age 70 due to complications from bladder cancer and diabetes. Oh, uh, which I haven't listened to this to week's. Go. I haven't listened to this week's Penn Sunday School. But is there more from the uh, diabetes woman on Penn Sunday School this week, Matt? Yes, fantastic. That has become what my, that has become my it's new becoming favorite. A real bit. running, but actually, I, but I, I responded to it in a way that got a lot of retweets and stuff. So oh, I'm missing this. I gotta get. I haven't listened to the latest. Penn uh, as a joke called uh, uh, a thing of sugar a ball of diabetes uh-huh. and it set off a back and forth exchange between a particular listener who writes in pretty dramatic emails but then also like is also a right so it's really annoying right because <laughs> they're correct okay but, was... every, but every time we correct ourselves she corrects our correction <laughs> right it's just an ongoing thing now oh, it's a spiral of correcting times. and good so times. we got we got the breakdown from ready and then it just was like Oh, time to spend more time with Claire uh, from Penn. <laughs> so uh, that. Oh, and by the way, Ready Rich has been asking me ever since I mentioned on this show that I don't understand sound. He's been requesting to talk to me after Penn Sunday School for 10 minutes. And then finally, last Penn Sunday School was the first time I had a window. Uh-huh. And he literally said, go ahead, time me. And I put up my watch and time me. And he, he walked me over to the turtle pond and we began a conversation about waves. And he wanted me to understand sound. And within 10 minutes, I, I felt like I got an understanding yeah. of it. Okay. Once you start thinking of sound as a physical thing, it becomes much easier. Yes, that's it, the I, whole deal. That's my thing with it. Is I, 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 honestly, it's funny he took you to the turtle pond with it because when I think about it in a basic way, I think, of, I think about it like water. Yeah, that's it. He was trying to point out through water how, how sound many works. more How many more vintage nudes recordings do you have? We did the last one. That's it. Yeah. Wow. We move over to uh, Showmaker Studios on Sunset. Oh, you're going over to Showmakers? Yeah, we're going to go over to Showmakers starting oh. next Sunday. Yeah. SJ's done some work with them. Yeah, I guess it's an impressive facility, and they're very happy to have Penn on board. And Oh, that's cool. We're bringing some of our equipment over there, so it's working out. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. and. Um, very cool nice. yeah it was sad it was sad to be the vintage news for the last time I believe that'll probably be the last time I'm over there did you gank the table uh, uh, by gank you mean fuck it you pulled it out and took it oh I pulled it out did you take it home the table yeah no I didn't touch the table I mean is that gonna stay no it's gonna go somewhere okay it's all that's a that's a that's a prize collection of pens yeah, nudie cards. I know. So no, that, that he's, he's not giving it away. Okay, it away. It's really cool. Yeah, I think Emily had that school. made for him, didn't she? 
Yeah, well, she, she, yeah, he had the cards and she decided to make it into a beautiful table for him. Pretty great. And uh, the the uh, the slammer is going to be demolished, and so it doesn't matter when or how. And so Penn is, if you haven't listened to last Penn Sunday School, he's soliciting ideas from filmmakers who want to make uh, any kind of project that involves oh, demolishing a house. Beautiful. So great. Should do an upgrade to upgrade to Grey Gardens. <laughs> and just have the place slowly, <laughs> just slowly, just fall apart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I love who that knows? idea. Yeah. Oh, you could. But uh, the one of the water mains went on it, yeah. And so toilets weren't flushing and sinks weren't working. So that's why it was the last one. That's a good reason for not going to cost anymore. any money yet. Pumping money to keep it going just for vintage news didn't make any sense. No. Yeah. Uh, Matt, we have some uh, some wrestlers, some 1980 wrestlers for you here. 1980 wrestlers. Yep. Dead. <laughs> Correct. All Moving on. Uh, Mike Rotunda, one half of a tag team champion, the U.S. Express. He also wrestled solo under the name Irwin R. Scheister, IRS for short. And he's also in the Baseball Hall of Fame, correct? Yes, correct. Uh, dead. He is alive. He's 58. Who was his uh, tag team partner? I don't know. Barry Windham. Good. Uh, speaking of, Barry <laughs> Windham, the other half of the tag team champion, the U.S. Express. <laughs> He is also the brother-in-law of his tag team partner, Mike Rotunda, who married his sister. All right. Well, that goes to the Kevin talking about community, so I'm going to say alive. He is alive. He's 55. Yeah. He survived a heart attack in 2011. I just picked up the new IRS elite figure. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Did you remember IRS from back in the day? Barely. He wore red suspenders and yes. a white shirt. Yeah. This, was an, this was a direct response from Vince McMahon being pissed off at the Internal Revenue Service. He created a character... A bad guy that was the IRS, Erwin <laughs> R. Scheister. Awesome. It's really funny. It's Vince great. McMahon's hatred of the government. That is amazing. It was pretty good. Edward Harrison Leslie, better known as Brutus the Barber Beefcake, one half of the tag team champion, the Dream Team. Hmm, dead. Uh, he's alive. He's 57. Oh, Barber's alive. Is it Jake the Snake who's dead? Mm. No, Jake the Snake's Jake alive. alive. Uh, OSW Review, if you wanted just a little taste, they have an amazing, the many incarnations of Ed Leslie. Uh, He's had like 18 different personas in uh, wrestling. Oh, just Brutus was his biggest hit? Yeah. Okay. He did the Zodiac, Brother Brutai, all these other crazy fucking characters. So he was when he, he... He was best friends with Hulk Hogan. Right. In that, real life. In real life, yes. Yes. And so that's why he... Stayed around and was as prevalent as he was for as long as he was. Because he basically just wrote on there. He had a terrible accident. He was on a beach. And a woman was parasailing and hit him in the face with her knees and shattered his face. Jesus. And he had to undergo a ton of reconstructive surgery and was out for a long time. Uh, He got better. But it took a long time for that whole thing to Hit in the face of the parasailer? With a parasailer. <laughs> How'd you beat? fuck up your face? That's parasailing how, that's accident. How, that's oh how my God, you, know you fell out of the sky That's how from you know you're living your life, right? You're out, you got fucked up by a parasailer. That is crazy. And the woman whose knees, I mean, who do you sue in that case? I don't know. The boat driver. Yeah, probably follow the money. Yep. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, does that woman He almost guilt? became a parasailegic. Oh! Hey! Oh! <laughs> But OSW Review, uh, OSW Review have a, a very good dedicated YouTube channel now. They're transferring a lot of their stuff onto YouTube directly. And a quick, like I think it's an eight-minute video of the many faces of Ed Leslie. It's worth your time. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Jonathan An- Anthony Wisnitsky. 
with Nikki? Sure. Uh, better known as Greg the Hammer Valentine, the other half of the tag team champion, the Dream Team. Because they both specialize in the figure four leg lock, I believe. The Hammer certainly did because he had that leg thing, that shin yeah. guard that he'd yeah. turn around and fuck people up with. Yeah. Uh, alive. Uh, he is alive. He's 64. Yeah. David Boy, Davy Boy Smith, one half of the tag team champions, the British Bulldogs. Uh, dead. He is. He died in uh, 2002 at age 39. Uh, interesting note, his middle name was actually Boy because his parents confused the middle name box on his birth certificate with the gender box. I, uh, I've heard so many versions of that story. Even that, even that you saying it's true doesn't make me believe it. <laughs> Uh, Thomas Billington, better known as the Dynamite Kid, the other half of the tag team champion, the British Bulldogs. Uh, alive. He is, but he's in a wheelchair since 97 due to paralysis in his left leg. Paralysis. Uh, yeah, he's had a couple of strokes. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Do Jim the Anvil Nineheart. <laughs> uh, one half of the tag team champion, the Heart Foundation. Oh, dead. He's alive. He's 61. Wait, one of the Heart brothers died. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, Jim Neidhart is a brother-in-law. Okay. And he's a yeah. Neidhart, not a heart. Oh. His last name Neidhart. He's not, right. a, he's not a blood relative. And what about Brett the Hitman Hart, the other half of the tag team champion, the Hart Foundation? Dead. He's alive. He just he's beat, 58. He just beat testicular cancer. No, prostate cancer. In the steel cage match or a regular ring? Regular ring. <laughs> but it was a no DQ. So it was really hot. <laughs> uh, he even knows that he had prostate cancer in, tw- in March 2016. <laughs> he just beat it. Uh, there we go. No DQ. Prostate cancer. Tap the fuck out. But I heard cancer is going to be coming back in WrestleMania. He locked in, he locked the sharpshooter on it. In the mania. There was, no, there was nothing for him to do. Cancer's going to be throwing people out left and right. Excellence of execution. In the fuck Royal you, Rumble. cancer. <laughs> and Michael Hegstrand, better known as Hawk, one half of the team champions, the Road Warriors. Completely dead. He is dead. He died in 2003. And Joseph Michael Laurinaitis, better known as Animal, the other half of the Road Warriors. Alive. He is. His, J- his son, James Laurinaitis, was a linebacker for the St. Louis Rams for the past seven seasons. I know this he's fact. He's good. Uh, and he's just been signed by the New he's Orleans got Saints. animal in his blood. Yeah, he's got animals. But I didn't yeah, know Lord, that. That Lord makes Nice. A lot of sense. James Laurinaitis just got signed by the Saints. He's, he's gonna, badass. He's, he's gonna be a New Orleans. He's Saint one of those people that is really fun to watch him play football and yeah. defense. He was really fun to watch him wrestle. Uh, he's uh, he's, he's been in uh, seven seasons. Yeah, he's been in the league for seven seasons. Uh, he has not had uh, less than a hundred tackles each season. Holy shit! He's a machine. He's he's really good. I'm excited that he's a Saint now. Do they call him the Animal? They should. Animal's kid. Son of Animal. Son of Animal. That's Holy easy. Shit. Yeah. That's easy. That's a layup. Yeah. Son Even I got it. That's probably some kind of trademark shit. Again, do it. I don't know. We All should right. take some people. I want to thank Pendulum for creating this podcast. Also, uh, what was your category for how I want to do allegedly thank yous? It was gifts from grandma. Gifts from grandma. Gifts from grandma. All right. I want to thank Stephen Eames Butterscotch Tin. <laughs> I'd like to thank Tristan Novoshoff. Novokoshonofi. Welcome to my world. Novokoshonofi, uh, which is an, another word for Afghan. <laughs> Afghan blanket. I want to thank Stephen Stephen Marinelli Jelly Candies. I'd like to thank Trista Petty Pony. I want to thank Susan Canned Milk. I'd like to thank Wally Walters Volley Walters. It's a sports toy, the Wally Walter. <laughs> I want to thank the Ted Franowitz Electrical Knife Kit. I'd like to thank Warren Bra. Uh, you get 
hand-me-down titslings from grandma to play with outside. I want to thank the not-so-famous Paul Old School Trunk, because you're going to college next year. I'd like to thank Wendy's Nuts to get some delicious mixed nuts. I want to thank Thomas Beach's uh, uh, full-body bathing suit. I'd like to thank William Breedeen uh, Licorice. I want to thank Timothy Random Penny Stocks. <laughs> I'd like to thank <laughs> Zachary Goodman $2 Bill. I want to thank Tony Callie's old 10-speed bike. I'd like to thank Zachary Messer, a piece of carpet. I want to thank, <laughs> t- want to thank Tony Smalley's date with the neighbor's granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to thank Richard Bruins, Richard Hill, Robots Ahoy, Ronnie Clement, Rose Ford, Ryan Ryer, Appledore, and Selena, Sam Reed, Sarah Morin, Sarah Bearn, Sarah Biz, Scoop, John B., Scott Muldrig, Scott Pinyards, Sean Silverman, Sean Mountcastle. Somebody's calling me right now, and they're going to get ignored. Stephen D. Mills, Stephen Landon, Stephen Scott, Sundog, Ted Pierce, turn the page. Thomas, Tobiah, uh, turn the page. Hey, look at that. Uh, Virgil, the the Verge, uh, White Chocolate Scoop. Thank you, guys. And thank you. If you want to be thanked on air in any way or, or, or get access to an array of offerings that we have for uh, prizes and rewards, please go to patreon.com slash scoops And for as little as a dollar, you can help keep this show going. And when we reach uh, over the plateau of $4,444, we give you uh, bonus content for everyone, whether you're a patron or, patron or not. And All don't forget over $5,000, dick pic. A dick pic from one of us. We're not telling you who. <laughs> Probably Paul. Richard, you have to be the person Richard who puts Nixon. this over 5000 Richard Nixon. We're going to send Richard Nixon, but his actual penis. Yeah. Um, Picture of Richard Nixon's penis. <laughs> Richard Nixon's Don't forget, penis. get your plans ready for these Halloweeny, Halloweeny Dickoramas. Halloweeny Dickoramas. Prizes galore. Prizes galore. <laughs> Prizes galore for Halloweeny Dickoramas. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited for them. <laughs> I can't, October can't come fast enough. Halloweeny Dickoramas, and uh, uh, we should also do. Uh, Holla pussy panoramas. Oh, interesting. So that you can do your vajay, make okay. it into some kind of... Or boobarama, right? I want vajays. You, want, you just want vajays. <laughs> we just call them boxes in the box. There you go. Box and box. Box, box. Boxes in in the shadow box. Yeah. Shadow boxes. Shadow box hollow, box. Hollow veggies shadow boxes. All right, we got to still work on the female version yeah, of this. We're, we're going to workshop yeah, that. Working on it. Maybe a boob would be better. Gonna, now that I think about we're gonna, it, we're I don't want to limit it. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I don't want to limit it. Both, both. Well, if I, you get a boob and a vagina in there, the rule is scenic. It just has to be a scene. That's right. Also, you don't have the to boobs do any can of be clouds. You know, oh, no, do any of please this. don't. We're, we're not. We're not. We're not forcing <laughs> yeah, you to do this don't. in any way. Yeah, please don't. We just only don't. want artists. <laughs> we only want valid art from we, the bottom of your heart attempts at this we do not want this to be we want this artists that are looking hour. for an outlet this yeah. is an amateur hour this is an amateur hour if you if you if you want to just be cool with us you can you can find other more functional ways true yeah, yeah. don't be kind of sweating and nervous and you going can into, hang out with me on mitomo don't don't kind of hesitantly kind of awkwardly jam your genitals into a box that looks like you know the set of married with children and wondering whether or not i should send this or not oh that could win <laughs> if you were a kelly dick uh, kelly bundy cock yeah amazing um 
All right, but uh, anyhow, yeah. So thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Audio Mafia, Visual Mafia, all the people on our social media team. Thank you, Scoops. Thank you everyone for being a listener. Please subscribe. Uh, go on whatever you listen to our podcast on and give us a review or give us some stars. It really helps uh, us out. And uh, if you want to send us scoop mail, you can do that by going to heyscoops.com and checking out uh, the scoop mail function there. You can follow us uh, the whole show at Hey Scoops on Twitter. Yeah, or facebook.com slash heyscoops. Um, and uh, I want to thank the famous Paul. That's for, right. For being my co-host. You can I wanna, follow him at the famous Paul. I want to thank Sweet Matty D at Sweet Matty D on the Twitter. And Audio Guy Jacob, who's at Audio Guy Jacob on Twitter. I want to thank him too. Uh, well, f- follow him on Periscope, by the way. <laughs> Follow him on Periscope if you never like seeing anything on Periscope. If you, if you, if you never want to get a notification, you should follow Jacob on Periscope. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> he will definitely not bother you. <laughs> you will not be disturbed. <laughs> uh, all right. Take it away, Dibbidas Jack. We'll see you soon. I've lived for 200 years, and boy, do I still love playing with these boobs on a stick. It won't get old. Is it, like, am I going to get bored? No. Think of the advancements in stick boob technology that's coming, too. Just think of it. Man. Speaking of stick boobs, we've got some limericks. Of, of stick boobs? Sure. All right. The first one today is from Daryl T. Subject... How hard the original NES games were. Mm. Dedicated to all the gamers out there. The original NES games were sick. To beat them, you had to know tricks. Pour through magazines and review captured screens. And you had no boobs on a stick. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) David turned the page. Confort says, hey, guys, how is it? It's, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hey, how is it? Jesus Christ. How? Is it hanging today? Just kidding, Jacob. There was a period after every one of those words. Wow. He's over-punctuating. I would like a limerick about my profound sadness that Paul did not follow me on Twitter and therefore is ineligible to friend me on Mitomo. This is dedicated to Jason Aquaman Morma. Oh, uh, Momia. We we fixed that finally. I I was able to put up a thing and we fixed that today. And he even mentioned on Twitter that this is going to be not necessary, but that's great. Uh, Is this a, uh, limerick? Limerick. Okay. You couldn't follow me on Mitomo, but that was the problem before. But now you can and you have my man and we're going to do it some more. Lori Phillips would like a limerick about procrastination dedicated to the scoops that put this off longer and longer every month. Mm. I know that I should, but I wait. And in my mind grows the hate. The job must be done. But I don't want none. I can't do it now. It's too late. And finally, St. John John says, good day. I would like to hear a limerick about the wonderful effects of alcohol. Some people like to drink, but what do you sip on, I think? Is it orange juice and vodka or Jack Daniels on the rocks, sir? Tell me, 
Thanks, Scoop. See y'all next week. ICS out. Oh. <laughs>